WTTM 402. Window to the Magic is a member of the Mice Chat Podcast Network. MicePod.com. Hey everyone, Paul here. Window to the Magic can continue to do what it does exclusively through the generous support of listeners like you. If you like what you're hearing, please visit windowtothemagic.com and sign up for a recurring support donation. You'll help out the show, and in addition, you'll receive some awesome bonus content from Window to the Magic as thank you gifts. And if you're already a Window to the Magic recurring supporter, thanks so much for supporting the magic. Now sit back and enjoy the show. You're listening to the windowtothemagic.com podcast. Brought to you by windowtothemagic.com. Surround yourself with the magic. Hello, and welcome to A Window to the Magic. My name is Paul, and as always, I will be your guide through the wonderful world of Disney sound experiences. This show is a weekly trip through the world of the Disney theme parks and resorts, and this is the place where you get to use your ears to surround yourself with the magic. Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Ear in Review. This will be the 2013 second half ear in review this is like part two a part de, um what uh is it uh return of the jedi no that was the third one anyway ricky briganti from inside the magic and i are back welcome ricky it's a glorious three-hour finale uh you, you've got a minute and a half oh well uh, let's get started then yes yes um so f- for those of you who don't know uh we usually do this each year and we talk about everything that happened during the course of the year. Well, we decided to split it up this year. So if this is the first one you've heard, go back to June or thereabouts, July 1st maybe, and listen to the Ear in Review 2013 Part 1. Because you don't want to miss what happened at the beginning of the year. We're going to start in, at what, as of July 1st, right? Yep, beginning of July. Uh, and, and the first half of the year was was pretty fun, pretty exciting. Uh, second half of the year, also Lots of good stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, two hours and 57 minutes worth of awesomeness. And uh, and then this time we're going to try and top that with, uh, like you said, a glorious uh, 12-hour finale. So, uh, of course, the thing that's been running all year uh, in the Disney parks, California, Florida, limited time magic. At the beginning of the first half of this year interview, six months ago, uh, we ran through the first half of the year's worth of these roughly weekly events. So let's kind of do that first, get that out of the way so it's not, you know, getting in the way of everything else. Now, you, like you always do, uh, put together a full list of everything that happened both at Walt Disney World and at Disneyland of all of the limited time magic. I assume you've done that again. Or just out here. What? Uh, it seems like, uh, I don't know, limited time magic is one of those things that sounded like a neat idea at the beginning. And then halfway through the year, everybody kind of went, eh. Oh. Well, since I'm famous for apparently not attending any of these things, uh, if we just have a list of things from Walt Disney World, 
that kind of plays into it. <laughs> well, you know, I was trying to find the full list because uh, I didn't, you know, sort of make one as the year went along. That would have been too helpful. Uh, so I, I've got all the ones for out here, and I'm sure we can come up with at least one for out there. I don't, I don't really remember too much terribly exciting uh, happening out there. There, there really wasn't the the highlight of the things for me out here have been the stock uh, the stocks yes the stalking <laughs> that's been going on right uh, um, the Stacia Martin talks that have been going on now Stacia Martin is a uh, Disney historian artist and she's a singer and she's just amazing all the way around and a really really awesome person I did not and know she, she was a singer oh yes yes uh, a couple of years ago at the uh, d23 expo when they did the lost chords show Mm -hmm. uh she was front and center oh wow yeah absolutely so she comes out and uh she goes into the lincoln theater and she lets us know about everything we started in july with um it was actually three or four weeks worth of history shows about uh, the history of Disneyland, because it was coming up on its birthday, right. she figured she would do one week on Adventureland in New Orleans Square, and then another week on Frontierland and Fantasyland, and then one week on Tomorrowland and uh, Main Street USA. See, that's neat. We didn't uh, get anything like that out here because all of the really in-the-know Disney people all live out there in California. <laughs> yes, looks to be you. Yeah. Uh, uh, and th- now those were kind of, this is something else that Disneyland did that di- didn't happen out here. There was the regular limited time magic, which was, you know, sort of little stuff going on in the parks for everybody. And then there was the annual pass holder limited time magic. Right. Yeah. Which is like a subsection. And, and that's what these are is an annual pass holder limited time magic thing. Um, th- they've had Imagineers just this last week. Calvin went to, uh, California Adventure and was toured around Buena Vista Street by an Imagineer. And that was listed as a limited time magic, uh, you know, annual pass holder type thing. Yeah. And th- those are those are fun. That's the kind of thing that we like to do out here at Disneyland because we're all big into the history and right. stuff. Right. Well, uh, out, meanwhile, out here, the first uh, limited time magic of this past six months was the teen beach movie party at Typhoon Lagoon. Ah, I think I think they did that out here at uh, the Disneyland Hotel the same time. Mm. That that brings back to mind that because uh, as I left Trader Sam's one night, I remember seeing a sign for that movie. Ah, well, that's closer than I got. Ah, okay. <laughs> I was uh, uh, actually that's not true. I, I did happen to be at Typhoon Lagoon at some point while this party thing was going off in the distance, going on in the distance, and I was like, okay, I'm steering clear of that. You were like, oh, a whole bunch of teen girls running around and watching a movie. Uh, it, it, no, actually, it was just a bunch of music and some kids dancing around. Oh, see, I thought we were going to go back to the stalking. But, okay. <laughs> no. no. Okay. Uh, uh, then uh, after that, Independence Week happened. I'm pretty sure that was on both coasts. I think it was, yes. Where uh, out here, uh, they did the big Independence Day fireworks show, the July 4th show, but they did it for a whole week every night. Oh. Yeah, they, I don't think they did that out here. I think it was just I, one or two nights, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think maybe, and then, then some, you know, some extra costume characters and that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, a, a decent uh, offering there, certainly for people who don't want to cram in on July 4th. Uh, good to be able to see that big show and not have to deal with sort of the huge crowds. Absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the places I steer clear of yeah. on the 4th of July. Yeah, uh, Mickey's America Street Beat was a hip-hop Mickey thing over in the uh, America Gardens Theater at Epcot. 
anything that is referred to as a thing, I will stay away from. <laughs> well, yeah, there was that hip hop thing with Mickey Mouse, I don't know, a year or two ago out at California Adventure where he was like, drink up me homies, yo-ho. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I've, <laughs> I've tried to forget that. Right. And, and so that's why I also steered clear of the street beat. Although I, I heard from people who went that it was actually halfway decent. So was it like Mickey Mania Part 2? Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> um, and Long Lost Friends Week came back, and this was something that uh, I was really excited about first time around. They brought out old, sort of rare characters and, um, you know, a mix of not-so-rare ones. But there were definitely some rare ones, and uh, Part 2, eh, not so much. Did well, you get your Scrooge? I, well, they had brought out uh, the first time around. It was uh, Scrooge McDuck and Ludwig von Drake, which we talked about last time. That was great. Loved it. The second time around, it was like we're bringing back some of the same characters from the first time, which was nice for people who missed it the first time. But then they didn't really add any other rare ones other than like Chicken Little. Wow. Isn't Chicken Little a universal character? And it should have been. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, and I know they did some some more long lost friends out there in California. My my problem, and, and and we're recording this a couple weeks before the end of the year, so it is conceivable that they'll do a third long lost friends week before this limited time magic ends. Uh, since the beginning of this, many many people have been asking for please bring out the Disney afternoon characters, you know, Darkwing Duck and Launchpad and Huey Dewey and Louie and all of that. And Disney went, eh, we'll see. How about um, Roger Rabbit? Well, that uh, did happen, uh, sort of, kind of, uh, out in California, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that a little later. Oh, I see. See, <laughs> I don't have the entire list in front of me at this point, oh, because oh, we're, as, as right. we talked about before, I'm, I'm working off a of paper this year. So. <laughs> Paul is uh, doing the podcast from the early 1930s. Right, yes, and I, and I won't attempt to do the radio voice I, that we did earlier. I, I sent it to you via uh, Morse code earlier. Yes, <laughs> So next we're going to talk about doot, 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 doot. was that an SOS? Are we are we trying to get out of here? <laughs> yes, that's right. Thank you for listening. <laughs> uh, so long lost friends week. Uh, it's been you know it's been good. It's been not so good. I'm I'm really hoping by the end of the year they come out with a big final. Here's what you really wanted since the beginning of the year, but somehow I don't think that's going to happen. Every character we've ever had out on one day. But, you know, there was this thing, and I don't remember if we talked about this last time, where uh, a um, a prince from some Arabian country uh, bought out these after-hours events at every park, Disney park around the world, sometime in May, I think, maybe June, uh, and he basically paid... I don't know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars for Disney to do essentially that. They brought out just about every character ever. Ooh. I didn't get the invite to that one. No, I, I didn't either. Oh. Although okay. he did, actually, he did apparently go online and find, like, the biggest character fans and, and bring them around the world with him. It was, like, 20 or 30 people. Uh, and you didn't go? I, 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 was, I didn't get the invite. Oh, all right. Fine. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't like him either. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, there was a Christmas in July of some sort, which didn't really end up being much of anything. Um couple of american idol events out here at hollywood studios something about season 12 top singers motorcading through the park i don't think anybody cared you see I, I think you got that back <laughs> a, a little bit wrong it wasn't season 12 it was season desist yeah it should have been yeah uh yeah the american idol experience uh i had heard uh, uh that it would have been gone already by this time this year it is still there um so who knows 
Yeah, we uh, Jeremiah did a show on American Idol uh, earlier this year because mm-hmm. we heard that it was leaving as well, and uh, we got a you know little request to take the show down. Mm. Um, so yeah, they're still there <laughs> <laughs> for now. Uh huh. Till they find a replacement. Yes. Uh, yeah. So then, uh, th- here's one that definitely happened on both coasts: the the Dapper Dan singing boy bands ag- again. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of doing shows, I finally did get to go out and see them. Mm-hmm. And um, it was funny because uh, after the show was over, I turned around to walk away and there was this, some young girls behind me and they said that they were dying just a little bit inside. <laughs> and and I got that on tape. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I actually stopped and talked to them. <laughs> Because they say, I, I came back and said, I'm sorry, did you just say? <laughs> and they were like, yeah. And they were kind of scared. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> go, go with it. What? Right. So it was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I, I don't know why. I mean, of all of the ideas you could possibly come up with for something, you know, limited time magic, there, there must be hundreds of things you could come up with. I don't, I, everybody was a little baffled why they decided to do this for a second week. It was because it was so popular. Mm, right. Yeah. Um, speaking of, of so popular, um, w- what the heck was the dog days of summer? Another one of those really bizarre ideas. Uh, the, I guess the dog days of summer is a phrase, right? That's something that people say. Yes. And and so Disney took it quite literally to bring out all their dog characters to the Magic Kingdom in the summer. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, there was one really, really good uh, limited time magic that took place in this second six months of the year, and it was uh, on both coasts, and it actually ended up being quite different experiences on both coasts. Uh, it was for Friday the 13th, um, a couple of months ago in, in uh, September, September of Friday the 13th, and it was the Unleash the Villains event. Yes, and, and, and again, it's just going to sound like I'm promoting my show over and over, but Jeremiah and I both went to... I went to Disneyland, he went to Hollywood Studios, and we recorded the entire evening. And then I put it together, showing, you know, highlighting what was going on at Disneyland and Hollywood Studios. And it was hilarious because over at Disneyland, I would go, well, I'm I'm looking for something to do out here. Let's see what Jeremiah is doing. And I'd cut over there and Hades would be like bringing back the dead. And there was fire and brimstone and... <laughs> Yeah. You, you know, I mean, it was amazing on your coast. Yeah, they did a really great job out here. Well, now I'll preface, preface it by saying it was this was one of the ones that they had been promoting uh, for Limited Time Magic since basically the beginning of the announcement of Limited Time Magic. So uh, nine months of buildup and somehow they didn't expect the entire world to show up to Hollywood Studios. It was mobbed. The park filled to capacity and you could barely move because all of the uh, entertainment and every person in the park was crammed into the area around the lake and in front of the hat. Yeah. Nobody was anywhere else in the park. So it was shoulder to shoulder waiting hours and out like literally three to four hours to meet a character. Wow. Yeah, that that was I, I didn't get to meet any characters because you couldn't move at Disneyland. Um, so it was the same you, same turnout out there. 
Right. And and it was just, I mean, it was, it, it was not quite as bad as you guys were. Mm. I was seeing tweets from people that were stuck in traffic back at downtown Disney yeah, trying if you, to get if there. If you didn't show up, because uh, it was supposed to start at nighttime, you know, continue to the 13th hour, as they were saying. And if you didn't show up a couple hours before the beginning of it, there was a good two-hour traffic jam. People were getting turned away from the park, told to go park at Epcot and bus over. It was It was a disaster. Did anybody tell anybody that the 13th hour is one in the afternoon? <laughs> well, the, the 13th hour of the morning. Uh, that would be one in the afternoon. <laughs> Regardless. Uh, so for, for those who were able to deal with the crazy crowds, got there early, which I did, got a you know nice parking space, took it easy, didn't care about you know waiting hours and hours for the characters i was i was perfectly happy just to see the characters there and kind of vaguely take a picture with it over my shoulder in the distance or whatever um it all ended up being a really fun night they had as you said uh, hades uh hosting this excellent introduction of the 13 villains that they were bringing out for this uh this great sta- one time only stage show with uh meg from hercules was there co-hosting and uh biggest surprise of all was oogie boogie from nightmare before Christmas making a character appearance. Yeah, see, that that was awesome. Uh, you had Oogie Boogie, we had DJ Wendy Walker. <laughs> yeah, I heard your version of everything was basically just a giant dance party. It wasn't even a giant dance party. Mm. It, it was a very small dance party. Oh, it really? was in front of the train station on Main Street, and once you went beyond that, you were hard-pressed to find anything going on huh. uh, except for the Hades meet-and-greet in the weirdest place in New Orleans Square, back in the on the other side of the train tracks, um, it was this weird thing. They had a stage set up, and you could just if once you got through the line, you walked over, you went up on stage, you got your picture taken, and you and you walked um, you walked off, and that's you were only supposed to be dancing with him you weren't supposed to be getting your picture taken. So it wasn't like they were doing actual photo type stuff. It was bizarre. It was really weird. Well, yeah, out here, it was definitely, it was the initial stage show. And then it was all about the picture taking after. I mean, there was some of the characters that they knew people wouldn't care quite as much about because they weren't rare were mingling and dancing in front of the the stage because they were playing music uh, there as well. Uh, A version of the Mulch, Sweat and Shears band was playing and et cetera. But really, the focus was on the character sets that were around the the lagoon and uh, uh, Oogie Boogie certainly very, very rare. I, I think this was the first time Oogie Boogie had appeared in the park in like over 10 years and previ- and it was maybe the first time ever at Walt Disney World. So a uh, big deal there. Um, there were a couple other uh, fairly rare characters as well. And it, uh, you know, and, and then it all, all ki- ended with the amazing, simply amazing fireworks show that was villains themes. One of the best Disney fireworks show I've probably ever seen. Yeah, we had remember dreams come true, which I mean, that's a nice show. not when you're expecting villains right yeah no we definitely got the cooler version of that which i was i was happy about uh despite the commotion it was uh basically everybody walked away thinking hey disney you see everybody loves the villains can we do like a villain special event please Mm -hmm. yeah and i agree i mean that's they could they could make so much money if they just marketed these villains yeah I mean, market them half as much as you do the princesses. Right, right. Well, yeah. and, and people have been saying, you know, you got Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party at the Magic Kingdom for everybody. For years, people have been saying, let's do a villain's little bit spookier Halloween event at Hollywood Studios. Right. Scare the 
Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> yes, that's the uh, scare the heck out of you. That's it. Um, meet and uh, and greet or an evening with terror or something. Yeah. Yeah, it would be good. It would. Uh, uh, but it, so it went off uh, great. Definitely a highlight of limited time magic there. Um, then we moved into Pirates Week. Arr. Arr, indeed. Uh, are there Memory. any characters Arr. around? Yeah, are there any memories of this week no not really okay um the only actually the only thing i remember about this is there was uh you know every uh, september there is uh talk like a pirate day and pirates week took place um the week after that oh good (laughs) i guess that's kind of like closing the country bears out here right before the movie came out yeah yeah Yeah. someone missed a week on the calendar there and was like oh wait that was last week whoops (laughs) Uh, yeah, and it's, um, I'm not, uh, I, I hear about talk like a pirate day every year, but I never know where, uh, you know, when it is. And apparently they didn't either. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then, then limited time magic took a really bizarre turn. I, I think the folks behind it were like, we just ran out of ideas. What else can we do? And someone somewhere, a light bulb went off and said, let's do tours of stuff. Let's go uh, fly. A, a, no, that's later in the year. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's when our tours and everything started, too, is about this same time. It's been weeks of of it started with uh, go on a tour of Expedition Everest with an Imagineer, go on a tour of the Fantasyland Castles with an Imagineer, go on a tour of the Food and Wine Festival with someone, go on a tour of Animal... <laughs> it's like a tour after tour after tour. Uh, and they were all... Uh, talk about limited time magic. You had to sign up, uh, sort of sort of sweepstakes process, and they would pick uh, like ten people to get there at like seven in the morning and do this tour. Yeah, the the tours out here are twenty five people, and uh, and they're exactly the same process. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of wild. Uh, and then the worst problem is is people. You know, it was like ten people could show up to this thing, and then only like four showed up. Right. Yeah. Calvin's thing this last week, uh, 25 people signed up and there were 16. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and I heard I, I did not go to any of them because I don't I don't want to tour a park at seven in the morning. But uh, the expedition ever Everest one, from what I heard, the Imagineer, quote unquote, that was taking them around was was like a painter. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That didn't really necessarily work on anything important. I think think Jeremiah has gone to each of these. Mm -hmm. He's got really good luck uh, out there at Walt Disney World. And I think he's gone to pretty much... I know he went to the castle one. I think he went to the Everest one. Well, the castle one was kind of cool because they brought uh, everybody into the Cinderella Castle suite. And for those who hadn't been there before, that, uh, that is a great experience. Yeah, see, I haven't uh, haven't seen any of those. I haven't been lucky enough to be able to go up to the Dream Suite here at Disneyland. I'm lucky that they let me on Main Street. <laughs> I, I haven't seen the Dream Suite uh, yet either, but I did go. They had an annual pass holder thing a few years ago, right when they finished off the limited time, uh, or rather the uh, Year of a Million Dreams, when they were giving away stays in the Castle Suite. They were like, oh, we've got this thing. What are we going to do with it? Oh, let's let annual pass holders come in and check it out. Uh, which was nice. They, they had quite a lot of times you could sign up for, and I got to spend, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes in there just kind of wandering around, taking pictures. That was cool. Very nice. I just, you know, I, I just want to move into the to the one up above Pirates and just yeah. call it done. Um, you know, I'll just move from Redondo into Disneyland <laughs> proper. stay there forever. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll come visit. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. I'll, I'll have an extra room. We'll call it the Ricky Briganti Suite. Perfect. Um, yes. 
you can stay inside the magic. Excellent. Uh, yes. Uh, so, uh, uh, tours aside, uh, there was one more uh, cool one out here in Florida that was um, probably playing off the popularity of one of the very first limited time magics out in California. The uh, a Diamond Horseshoe out here in Frontierland hosted the Happy Haunted Horseshoe event. The Cubic Zarconia Horseshoe out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, you went to the Golden Horseshoe Review out there, right? Oh, yes. That was the one where I, I met up with Miss Lily right. and she pulled me out of the audience. Yes. <laughs> that that was a lot of fun. I have the feathers still right here. <laughs> uh, well, out here we had uh, 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 Miss Betty Blue, I believe it was. She was quite literally blue because she was a ghost. And uh, the Cadaver Dans were there along with uh, Abner Cadaver, because um, I guess they couldn't come up with another word. Uh, he was a magic act, and it was a fun sort of revolving show over the course of, of half a day that you could just kind of wander in, take a seat, watch as long as you want, grab some food, wander out as you, pl- as you pleased. And if you stayed for the whole thing without repeating anything, it was something like two or three hours long. Wow. Abner Cadaver, no relation. Right. That's a- it's like Babs and Buster Bunny, no relation. You know. <laughs> but it was fun. It was a nice. Uh, it was it was right at the tail end of of a uh, sort of Halloween season at the very you know right around Halloween, uh, which made sense. So that was nice. A, a sort of a last minute hurrah for those who wanted to hang on to a little more Halloween. Wait, I, I listened to Inside the Magic. The end of the Halloween season is December third. <laughs> I, I don't think it ever ends. <laughs> But, it was it was forever with you this year. Anyway, it, it was, and we'll get to that a little later too. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see the next one. Oh, another tour this time of Animal Kingdom. Yeah, um, that one I honestly don't even really remember. It's the Watch Where You Step tour. <laughs> right. It's the Wait for Avatar tour. Ah, yes. A- actually, now that you've said that, I think Jeremiah went on this one too. You know, next year. We'll have Jeremiah on instead of me. He apparently goes to more of these than I do. Perfect. And he's he's not too far from me, so we could just uh, pal up and, yeah. Yeah, you, you guys could sit in the same room. We wouldn't have to worry about, you know, 2,000 miles worth of And then I can talk about Disneyland because I'm out there every 10 minutes. That's correct. See, the jokes just keep rolling. That's- <laughs> uh, so there was something called, and this is, we'll, we'll talk more in depth about this later, uh, something called the Jingle Cruise, uh, this uh, recently and ongoing now. Without going too far into what that is, uh, for limited time magic, they uh, were giving away very, very briefly, definitely limited, uh, Jingle Cruise posters. Correct. And uh, unfortunately, I was at work when they were doing this, and so I did not. Uh, did they run out on the first day out there? They did, but then they came back with more. But I, I, I can't remember what I was doing. But yeah. you know, it, it was just never a time I could get in. Yeah, there. I mean, I think it was only two days, maybe a day and a half before their their limited quantity ran out. And they're they're pretty nice posters. Fortunately, a, a friend picked me up one because I couldn't get over there in time either. Um, but it's a it's a nice heavy stock uh, poster of this uh, special uh, overlay attraction. I saw people walking around with them. Uh, you know, where where I was and, and things, because I wouldn't get there in time to get the poster. Right. But I would be there when, you know, on the same day. Mm-hmm. And so I would see people walking around with these posters. And yes, they were very, very cool. It's I, a ni- uh, nice nice to have, you know, a decent freebie. So that's that's pretty good limited time magic. 
one of the complaints that I heard people saying was that the, it should have been something where you had to go up and specifically ask for the poster. Right. Instead of just anybody walking out of the the ride, you know, be like, here, take this. Oh, OK. I Into the right. garbage. Yeah, because that's exactly what happened is, you know, hundreds of thousands of them went out and probably got thrown away. Right. I, I know I had heard uh, people out here saying people were, were folding them up and stuffing them in their pocket or, you know, whatever. And, and yeah, it would have made more sense to anybody who saw the that they existed could get one. Folding it up. Oh, no. That's not good. You never fold up limited time magic. Indeed. Uh, so freebies, uh, that continued actually going on right now as we're recording this a couple of weeks before the end of the year out here. Uh, the Secret Santa Week at the Magic Kingdom uh, with uh, autograph cards being given out by every single character in the Magic Kingdom. Now, why is it called Secret Santa Week? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Maybe uh, that's the secret. <laughs> well, uh, they... I don't know. I mean, like you were saying, they are just giving them out to everybody, so they're not a secret. That's weird. I mean, because typically the Secret Santa thing is where you give something to somebody and you don't tell them who you are. Right. In this case, you know exactly who it's coming from because it's coming from the character and it's signed by them. Weird. So it's the not-so-secret Santa week. Now, I haven't, I, I'm a couple of weeks behind on my Inside the Magic listening. Um, are they doing anything like this out at Disneyland? Not to my knowledge. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 neat. I mean, I, I went through on Monday and got almost all of them. A few of the characters were already done by the time I was doing it uh, for the day because they were morning-only characters, so I missed a couple. Um, but it was like a, it was like an Easter egg hunt. Having to, I mean, I it took me two hours of doing nothing but trying to get these cards to get almost all of them. Neat. Yeah, well, that, it was kind of fun. That's kind of like the uh, the. Uh, uh, Mickey and the magical map thing that Calvin and I did where we walked around and tried to find all the compasses, mm-hmm. you know, that, that took several hours. Yeah. Yeah. That it was always fun. good to have a little extra something to look for, uh, in the parks. Um, the latest tour, uh, uh, that happened for limited time magic was just a few days ago, uh, for a few days, um, touring the magic kingdom with the magic kingdom's vice president, Phil Holmes. I loved him in the jungle book. Oh, sorry. That was <laughs> Phil Harris. <laughs> sorry. I always get those two confused. Uh, no, he, the Phil Holmes is the, uh, the guy with the big smiley portrait in New Fantasyland. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, if you're ever over in the, uh, the store uh, near Enchanted Tales with Bell, uh, go to the back of it and look at the portrait there. You'll see him. Really? Yeah. It's, it was sort of a tribute to his legacy at the Magic Kingdom. Has little, uh, uh, not so hidden references to various big projects he worked on over the years. Wow. Okay. Well, that that's kind of cool. When when Calvin was in the tour this last week on Buena Vista Street, he found out that uh, the ringmaster in yep. Big Top Tours is uh, one of the Imagineers, and that was supposed to be the Imagineer giving the tour. Unfortunately, he was under the weather that mm. that day, and so they got, um, you know, some guy who, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yes. Yes, that is true. Uh, it's it's a quite a striking likeness as well. Is it really? Um, so, uh, finally, uh, right uh, coming up this next week uh, in honor of uh, Saving Mr. Banks coming to theaters, uh, Mary Poppins is doing some special enhanced meet and greets uh, out here uh, with, with the Penguins. Right. And he, actually, even before that, this last week, I was able to go to a um, 
a Disney blog, and I'm I'm not sure exactly what the what the specifications were on it. Whether it was Disney blog annual pass holder or limited time magic, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we got to go to uh, the Grand Californian. We got to go in. They had some some food and stuff for us, uh, just light snacks and mm-hmm. things. But lots of picture opportunities with like the horses from. Um, the parade that I can't remember the name of at this point, sensational, mm-hmm. um, all, all kinds of, uh, Mary Poppins artwork. And then Stacia Martin came out and talked about, uh, Mary Poppins and all of the fun stuff around there. There were character picture opportunities. Bert and Mary came out. And then once we were done there, then we all went over to the AMC and, uh, saw uh, saving Mr. Banks. Yeah, I, I think that was uh, that was a Disney Parks blog meetup. Uh, so not really limited time magic, but uh, definitely fun nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, there was something similar to that that just uh, happened uh, uh, last night uh, out here, uh, which we can talk to uh, at the very tail end of everything. Yeah, there we go. Okay, sounds good. So uh, with that, of course, we are, as I said, we are recording this a couple of weeks before the end of the year. So there will be uh, some limited time magic that happens that we're not talking about right now. Right, but it will be very limited, very time, and very magic. <laughs> that is, well, I don't know about the magic part, but at least the first two. Your magic may vary. Yeah. Void uh, where prohibited. So with that, we will step all the way back to July once again and go through everything that wasn't limited time magic. Oh, and, well, and th- <laughs> the number one thing that wasn't magic, at least not magic anymore, was spectro magic. It was indeed limited time. Yes, and like as in destroyed. Yeah, the news uh, d- trickled out that uh, overnight uh, the Spectro Magic floats that had been uh, sort of shelved when the electrical parade uh, made its way back out here a couple of years ago. Uh, Spectro Magic was never to return because it literally was demolished. Calvin was mad. Oh, he was mad, 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 mad. He He had, in all the times that we've been out there, He's never been there when Spectro Magic mm. was there. It was always Main Street Electrical Parade. I I have seen uh, both many, many times, and I've always been partial to the Main Street Electrical Parade. Uh, Spectro just never quite did it for me. Um, could have been the creepy cherub things. Could have been, I don't know. I, whatever, you know, I think I just have sort of childhood memories of the Electrical Parade, not so much Spectro Magic. But, uh, so I wasn't terribly sad when it got destroyed, but I know many, 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 many people were. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, he, he was really really upset about this yeah because he, he had never gotten a chance to see it and we really were going to try and i think everybody kind of assumed it was going to come back yeah because we electrical were just has many has made many sort of it's never coming back oh wait, yeah it is yeah yeah it's glowing away forever <laughs> right exactly here's a here's a light bulb you can buy for a hundred dollars and yeah yeah i've got four or five of those <laughs> they, uh, they were 10 bucks by the way okay <laughs> well if you bought 10 of them i did <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, Spectre Magic, uh, for those who ever wanted to see it, uh, uh, YouTube is your friend at this point. Yes. Although it's nowhere near as much fun as being in person. Very true. Uh, So, uh, you know, in previous years, we have, uh, I've talked to you about Disney movies and your response has been, hasn't, haven't seen it. Correct. But you have been making an effort to change that this year. Uh, Yes. Yes, I have. And. People will be falling apart at this point because I have, in fact, seen several movies this awesome. year. Awesome. So uh, I, you saw The Lone Ranger? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> but you were at the premiere of The Lone Ranger. I was, thanks to a good friend of mine, Ricky Briganti, over at Inside the Magic. Okay, so if you didn't actually see the movie, how was the premiere? I, I, I saw Johnny Depp. How's that? That's cooler than seeing the movie. Uh, yeah, that's what I've heard. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I went out, you know, as you well know, but everybody else, I went out and covered the red carpet event for Ricky, uh, stood on the press line. At California and, Adventure. Yes. And uh, we actually, they had a red carpet that went all the way from the main gate, all the way uh, down Buena Vista Street, around the fountain, and then um, and then it came in and went to uh, the Hyperion Theater. And so we were kind of standing in front of the Carthay Circle, and we were just, there was just stars and people that were coming through. Because stars just, aren't people. No, <laughs> stars and people. <laughs> and, um, and, well, it depends on how they act. Right. But, uh, but anyway, we were, you know, like running around and, and talking to all of these people and everything. And it was just, you know, it was a typical red carpet event. And then here comes Johnny Depp. And everybody's all excited and we all get our cameras ready and the cast members come out and form a line and they push all everybody else over to the press and Johnny looking away from us just runs by <laughs> and takes off off in the distance. And this was after he had already taken pictures and signed autographs with a gazillion fans along the, the carpet. Right. We were about midway in the run. Mm -hmm. um, so he had he had signed, you know, all of the stuff all the way up to us run past us and then immediately started going back into schmoozing mode once he got past us. So I took off um, once I saw Army Hammer and got the video for you. I took off with my media rep and ran down, went down onto the red carpet and kind of asserted my authority to be there <laughs> enough to where I positioned myself to where I knew where he was going to be. Right. And uh, and ended up uh, getting that great shot at the end where he walks right right by us with his bodyguards, like pulled away from the crowds, like almost like he didn't want to go. He looked a little irritated, but I guess that's he probably pays them to do that. Right. Well, yeah, I'm sure that's the the uh, plan for the day is I'm going to sign all the way up until this point, And then I want you to pull me away uh, to make it look like I want to stay for hours and hours. But really, I just need to go over there. Yeah, he, he's, um, f from what I can tell, he's a fairly decent actor. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but, but there, I mean, there's definitely genuineness to be found there. It seems like he does appreciate his fans. Yeah. I mean, he was, he spent a long time signing autographs. So, yeah, it, it was nice. The only thing that, that I felt bad for was the about 50 feet worth of girls that were right by the entrance of the Hyperion. Because he got up to them and just turned and went. And the look on their faces was just total destroyed. It's just, ugh, I felt so bad for them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, unfortunate, but that sort of comes with the territory of standing, you know, waiting around all afternoon. You have to just sort of hope for the best, and yeah, not everybody can, can reap the benefits of, of having their brief moment with Johnny Deppness. Absolutely, yeah. It was... Uh, you know, it it was a good thing for me, uh, but I had a little more freedom than everybody else. Yeah. But f from the people that I talked to, they had a good time, too. But hey, you got some good footage. Uh, people really liked it. Uh, so thank you for that. Oh, sure. It's the least I could do. So as for the movie, uh, you didn't see it. Correct. Because the press is not... <laughs> you, you attend a, a, a big red carpet, huge hoopla, hours and hours hoopla. of waiting in the sun. Yes. And, and, and then at the end, uh, you don't get to go see the movie. Correct. 
Yes, and that's uh, that. Unfortunately, is uh, that was my only opportunity to go see the movie because they weren't playing it in any theaters anywhere in Southern California. Well, it, it right. That's uh, my story, and I'm sticking to it. Well, considering how well it did, uh, it's almost believable. Yes. Uh, yes, I actually kind of liked the movie. It, it wasn't as bad as uh, the world made it out to be. I mean, it wasn't a great movie, but uh, it, it ended very well. The last 30 minutes of the movie was really exciting. I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, unfortunately, Disney's marketing of the movie, much like John Carter, which I also enjoyed, uh, flopped tremendously, and thus the movie did as well. Wow. Yeah, I I, uh, I I was talking with someone about it just last night. They were talking about uh, the movie and how much they enjoyed it. And uh, I thought to myself, one of these days, one of these days. Well, it's coming right. out on Blu-ray uh, in just a few days. Hey, that's cool. I, I'll have to pick it up. Is is it going to be in Blu-ray 3D? Uh, I, you know, I don't think it was in 3D. I think it's just regular old Blu-ray. They're not going to do it in, you know, like 4K? and, and... <laughs> No, it's supposed to be, you know, an old-fashioned kind of Western, and there it is. Now... So the movie itself wasn't in 3D? No, I don't I don't remember it being in 3D. Wow, that was the one. Okay. Uh so uh, yeah, Lone Ranger um uh, uh decent, you know, didn't do so well for Disney. Uh, uh a, a woman who who definitely did very very well for Disney. We talked about this in the first 6 months. I was the unfortunate passing of uh, of Annette Funicello. And I see. Yep. K E Y M-O-U-S-E. And uh, uh, during this past six months, uh, Disney celebrated her um, life, her legacy, with uh, honoring her over at the Walt Disney Studios. Yes. And and I saw the... Uh, the did you send the Dawes brothers? Uh, just the, one of them, but yeah. The Dawes brother? <laughs> yes. Uh, Josh was there to cover that, and, and he had a wonderful time. It was a nice little ceremony that they did, uh, renaming the soundstage uh, to the Annette Funicello stage, and a lot of the, the former Mickey Mouse Club, uh, uh, well, I guess they're always Mouseketeers. Uh, some of them were there, and Richard Sherman, and uh, you know a number of other folks who uh, had a lot of really nice things to say about Annette. Very nice. Yes, I, I have nothing but good things to say about Annette. And, uh, and so I was really, really bummed to see that she had gone, but boy, she, she had gotten so bad, uh, over the, the last couple of years that, you know, it's, it's almost good when you see somebody who's suffering right. to, to, uh, to go. And, and she can now remember, be remembered by everybody who ever passes through that area. You see her, her big signature up on the building at the studios, you know, that's where the Mickey Mouse Club was filmed. And, you know, it's just a lot of, a lot of great Disney magic at work there. Right. Yeah, it's it's the Andy Fupanello, uh No, the the. Well, anyway, that that it's the one down there. <laughs> That's what people are going to say. When right. they, yeah. Yeah, because it, it's it's even in script, isn't it? It is. It's, yeah. It's so it's hard to read a little bit. Yeah. If you don't already know what it says, you're like, oh, yeah, the that one stage 22. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so another really exciting thing that I was following uh, intently over the course of uh, several months was this alternate reality game that Disney launched online called The Optimist. The Optimist. The Optimist. The did, Optimist. Did you partake in any of that? Uh, uh, you know, just a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. it, it was it was one of those things. I saw how much effort you were putting in following it. it. It needed effort. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for sure. And I I didn't have that much time. Yeah. And so I just kind of watched you follow it. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, most of it took place. Uh, well, really, all of it took place. 
okay, almost all of it took place in uh, in California because it was uh, a really bizarre thing. I mean, it's something that was a partnership between the studios and Walt Disney Imagineering to create this uh, alternate reality uh, based, though they didn't come out and say it, it was designed to be based in the world of this upcoming Tomorrowland movie, which is still quite a ways away. So it was very early to be doing any sort of promotion on that. Uh, uh, it it co- kind of coincided with the beginning of the filming of the movie which has been highly secretive anyway but uh it all centered around this girl amelia who was digging into her father's old files after he had just uh, her grandfather's old files after he had just passed away and she was blogging about that and and these disney connections that she was finding along the way that apparently he had something to do with the world's fair and these secret projects and then imagineering uh put things real physical things to find uh around what they called waltz haunts around los angeles area all these old restaurants and places that had significance to disney history where you could solve these puzzles and go there and find a thing and uh interact with characters it it was incredibly elaborate yeah see that much effort i you had time for that well, I didn't even do most of it. I, I wrote about a lot of it, courtesy of, again, the Dawes brothers, who were big into it uh, at the beginning and, and, and were following uh, every step of the way. And you, I mean, I was able to take part in some of the sort of the online sleuthing and, inter- you know, when they were on Twitter, the, the characters were on Twitter. Um, and, and then finally at the D23 Expo, which we'll talk about a little bit, it was the culmination of all of it. And uh, I mean, really, for anybody who followed it from beginning to end, it was it was hours and hours and hours of, quote unquote, work but certainly a lot of fun i downloaded the app <laughs> right uh yeah there was an there was an app component uh it, the coolest part about all of this was that there was no cost to do any of it and uh if you if for nothing else if you followed along you had the opportunity to go into club 33 and walt's apartment at disneyland Ooh, that is very cool so i mean even if you didn't care at all about the story or anything if you caught wind of those particular two moments uh which the club 33 thing was a surprise nobody knew that was going to happen but then the next one everybody sort of kind of assumed it was going to be walt's apartment and it was and um you know that's neat those are those are not things that everybody gets to do easily right yeah usually it costs you like uh, you have to go in the walk in walt's footsteps tour to go into walt's apartment and things but club 33 is is one of those things that you pretty much almost can't do yeah i mean even on that tour all you do is get to sort of little peek inside the door and that's it right which you know speaking of limited time magic is <laughs> that that entryway is limited time yes, magic so that's a good place to be able to go and we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit as well yes absolutely so uh, coming yeah. coming up on the next hour right. of the air in review and now a word from our sponsor no um but yeah so the optimist uh, ended uh, as they say for now it seemed like they left it uh open-ended to uh, come back at some point we'll have more tomorrow or Land. next year, or, you know, the, the movie Tomorrowland uh, actually got pushed back like six months or something. So I have a feeling any <laughs> plans that they had for that were like, oh, yeah, maybe we'll wait on that a little bit. So now the movie is Day After Tomorrowland. Something like that, 28 days later. Or, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, uh, San Diego Comic-Con took place once again this year, and because there was a D23 Expo this year, there wasn't a whole lot of Disney to be found there. 
Which is pretty typical, isn't it? Uh, well, it depends on the year. I mean, D- Disney has been there in a big way sometimes. You know, a few years ago when they were uh, sort of unveiling uh, the beginnings of Tron Legacy, they had some really awesome, uh, you know, the Flynn's Arcade experience and all of that. And then some years was, was kind of like this year where it was really all about Marvel. Yeah, which is a little closer to their roots. Yeah, I, I mean, think. and Marvel yeah. has been at obviously at Comic Con for you know years and years and years, and so they couldn't possibly leave that out. And and they it, it was probably the highlight of the entire four and a half day uh, Comic Con experience was Tom Hiddleston coming out as Loki on stage. I did see the video of that. That was fairly cool. The saddest part about that was I was sitting across the street in a uh, a ballroom waiting for a Marvel press conference while that was going on. Okay. So I didn't see that with my own eyes, and I was watching it unfold on Twitter as we waited for the stars to come over. We're like, no, we're missing it. (laughs) That's what you get sometimes. Yeah. Uh, The press conferences were cool. Uh, uh, He didn't actually come over because he was probably, you know, tired of being Loki or something. But uh, the stars of uh, the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy came over there, along with uh, Captain America 2, you know, Scarlett Johansson and Samuel L. Jackson and and, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, that was neat. No, those are some big names. Yep. That's, yeah, that's that's good press conference. Yeah, no, it was fun. Uh, I mean, it took forever, uh, as, as press things tend to do. But, uh, but yeah, I, the, those who got into the Marvel uh, presentation at Comic-Con were definitely treated to something fun and special. Yeah, and and I, he seemed to be pretty funny too. Yeah, yeah, I mean he's all into that. He he is all about that character, and and uh, you know he I, I think if he wasn't famous he would probably be going to comic-con anyway so he was just totally in its element i i saw a commercial on tv just recently i think it was on tv um it was somewhere anyway and um it, it was loki and a little a couple of kids yeah yeah i saw that I, too seen that one? okay yeah where he he's like pushing her over and stuff mm. that was hilarious yes yes yeah. he, he is uh definitely a good sport there as is you know kevin feige the the head of uh, marvel studios there a big disney fan to begin with and uh i actually <laughs> i learned at that press conference uh, after one of them ended uh, he walked over to me and was like hey ricky just wanted to let you know i've been enjoying your podcast i was like oh uh sweet uh uh yeah <laughs> that's one of those where you you know that's like neil patrick harris when he did that to me the, a couple of years ago i was like i can go over in the corner and die now yeah i was i was surprised and, and the the press that were around me after he walked away were just like wait what just happened uh-huh yeah <laughs> so yeah that that was funny uh that was that was definitely a, a, a maybe my own little loki moment i suppose uh, so, oh, see, I had a limited time magic joke there and I lost it. <laughs> he was wearing an Epcot hat, too. That's just cool. Wow. Uh, right. So there were a couple of other really fun uh, Disney panels at Comic-Con. There was a uh, anniversary uh, Roger Rabbit panel where the uh, you know uh, producers and, and uh, Charles Fleischer, uh, voice of Roger Rabbit, was there. Uh, great panel. Can he do the voice still? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, of course, okay. they asked him to do it. I mean, he's a he's a, a hoot. He is yeah, he yeah. <laughs> he he is everything that Charles Fleischer you might expect him to be. Uh, so he was you know he was all over the place cracking jokes and this and that. But yes, he he and he also I I didn't even know he did the voice of Benny the Cab as well. 
Oh, I did not know that. So he, he did that there. Uh, of course, everybody was crazy uh, about it. And, and then there, uh, at one point, uh, of course, Comic-Con, everybody comes in costumes and all of that. And there was a uh, particularly voluptuous uh, Jessica Rabbit there who walked up to a- uh, ask a question. And the whole panel was just like, come up here. Give us a hug. <laughs> well, let's not go there, boys. Yeah. Yeah. She was just kind of like, OK, let me ask my question. <laughs> uh there was also a disney afternoon panel which was very cool a lot of the creators of those classic uh shows uh, you know D- uh, ducktales darkwing duck uh, gummy bears all of that uh were there um and some of the voices um uh, jim cummings uh was there for, you know voice of, of darkwing and and pretty awesome did they get dangerous uh, just a little bit. <laughs> they, they they had so many stories to tell about the making of these shows that they kind of forgot that the voices were there. And at some point when there were only like five minutes left, they were like, oh, uh, these guys should probably do something talented. <laughs> so uh, but it was I mean, it was great. They could have got it seemed like that group could have talked for hours and hours on that. Yeah, and and I don't doubt it. I think they could do an hour on each of the shows yeah. at least. Yeah, they had a uh, sort of a second version of that just a few weeks ago at the Long Beach Comic Con. So I have a feeling uh, this may be a trend that will uh, will continue forward because everybody seemed to really enjoy it. Well, if there was just a forum that they could have that maybe was owned by Disney <laughs> to where they could have panel discussions over I don't know three or four days, yeah, then maybe they would be able to do something closer to what we wanted you mean like a special event uh it could be close to disneyland and it would be just for disney fans yes it, it like an expo that's a great idea yeah um, you know what uh you know disney uh mickey mouse and all that 1923 is an important year you could sort of tie it into that you could call it two disney three that's a nice ring to it i'll go with that okay good so D23 Expo, <laughs> which uh, seriously about the name, why is it called the D20? I mean, I know why it's called the D23 Expo. Why isn't it called the Disney Expo? Uh, because I wouldn't let them call it the window to the magic expo. <laughs> but there is a window to the magic pin series. I know. Isn't that awesome? It is. Uh, it's, except you're probably not getting any royalties or anything for that. Every time a pin comes out, I they, they announce it on the Twitter or whatever, and I always tell them, thank you for advertising my pin set. They're like, oh, I hate this guy. Yeah, there, There's yeah. a uh, local TV show out here uh, in Orlando called Inside the Magic, all about the Orlando Magic basketball team. Uh, that's so... It's a long name. <laughs> yes. Inside uh, the Magic, all about the Orlando Magic football uh, Football right. team, football, yes. basketball, whatever. One of those sports things. As you can tell, we do sports. <laughs> so the D23 Expo. Oh, yes. I've heard of that. Uh, so this was the third one, right? Uh, yeah, it was, yes. It was in 2009. It was in 2011. This is 2013. Uh, very different Expo this year. Yeah. Kind of kind of an interesting way that they did the, um, the seating for this one. The, yeah. There was, um, there was a stage pass. To aid in the uh, ability to actually see things. Yes. Did you use Stage Pass? Uh, see, this is one of the, I, I, I love reporting about the expo. I love reporting about everything that's there. I can't say anything about the actual process of, of using that or waiting in lines and that because I had reserved seats for being press. <laughs> I had reserved seats. <laughs> so, it is good to be Doriki. Yeah, well, it, it, I mean, it, I. 
even that honestly was different this year because in the past two expos they were like yes all press we have 29 reserved rows for you this time it actually took quite a bit of uh of back and forth and effort and talking to the right peoples for each individual presentation to to sort of get a spot in there so it wasn't quite as a yeah here come do whatever you want well, I think they're trying to save seats for the fans. Absolutely, and that was exactly the point because they there were honestly there were too many press seats in the last to, uh, the last ones to the point where there were you know rows uh, seats that were empty. Whereas this time they packed everybody into uh, sort of the the side seats that maybe the guests wouldn't want to sit in anyway. For some of the things, I was like way off to the side, and I'm not gonna, obviously not complaining about that. I didn't have to wait in any lines, um, but it was uh, yeah. I mean, it was it was definitely not uh, easy, you know, to get those seats this time around. Right. Yeah, I I spent most of D23 Expo this year. Um I had just joined up with the micechat.com people. Um I'm I'm one of their official podcasters now. Mm-hmm. And um so I spent most of my time at D23 Expo out at um in, in the uh the uh, fan zone. Mhm. And over there at the mice chat booth and, uh, you know, just, just, uh, kissing hands and shaking babies and things like that. And, (laughs) and, uh, and and just kind of schmoozing. Yeah, well, you and, know that's that's not a bad thing because the D twenty three Expo is not just about these big panels. Sure, those are fun, the presentations and all of that. But if you miss the social aspect of it, the walking around the show floor, you're missing a huge part of the show. Yeah, I did go into the uh, you know amazing uh, Imagineering exhibit yes. again. Um, you know, which I don't know whether we're going to go into that or not. But, yeah, you know, uh, I for, somehow I left it off of our little list here, but for that was the highlight of the whole expo for me. It was very, very cool, and and I have a feeling I know why it was the highlight of the expo for you. <laughs> uh, there were many reasons, but yes, there was a uh, animatronic hatbox ghost in there. Yes, which was pretty awesome. Uh, it wasn't. Cool. It wasn't totally true to the classic, you know, look of it. It was kind of something they put together just as a demo or so they say, uh, for the expo. Uh, Whether or not it's going to end up in the mansion, who knows? But regardless, it was really cool. I enjoyed it. I I didn't tell Calvin that it was happening. Mm Mm-hmm. And we got in there, and he was like, oh, my Lord. I, I had, uh, they did a little press preview night for that exhibit uh, only, and I had two hours in there. And so I was like, uh, of course, you know, front and center, they were teasing a little bit of Star Wars, teasing a little bit of Avatar. They didn't really have any news to share. So it was kind of like, hey, look at this. We don't really have anything to say, but it exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I spent a lot of time trying to get anything out of them as positive, you know, talking to the Imagineers, etc. And then I was like, okay, wow, an hour has gone by. And then, oh, here's Captain America making his appearance for the first time, which was also cool. Uh, you know, first Marvel meet and greet for Disney. And then, you know, an hour and a half had gone by. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's so much more to see. And somebody comes up to me and was like, did you see the Hatbox ghost? I was like, what? <laughs> uh, so I immediately made a beeline over there and pretty much spent the rest of the time looking at that. Yeah, it was very cool, and and when it when it d- dropped down and looked at you, yeah, it was oh wow, very. It was definitely a top of the line, uh, you know, I don't know, a one hundred or whatever you call it, uh, animatronic that was completely fluid and and very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it made me want that in the mansion. Yeah, really bad. I, I'd rather have that than uh, than the projected bride. Oh come on! <laughs> I love the you know the bride's nice, but I uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm uh, brides are not my favorite thing, um, but uh, but you know, 
some people need them. Yes, that is true. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, there was a lot to see in that uh, Imagineering Pavilion. Uh, a lot. I mean, it was so there wasn't this was the thing that was different about this expo. And they kind of shot themselves in the foot with the first one in 2009 because they announced a ton of things. It was like a giant press conference of like, hey, check out all these all amazing things that are happening over the next few years. Then in 2011, they didn't really have anything huge to announce. And so this time they were upfront about it saying, you know what? This was never the goal of the expo. It wasn't supposed to be a big thing about announcements. It was just supposed to be a celebration of Disney. And as such, they nixed the parks, the Disney parks presentation completely. There just wasn't one. And the Imagineering Pavilion wasn't showing off anything new. It was just simply we're going to take the Flower Street Imagineering headquarters from Glendale and pick it up and put it at the expo, basically. Yeah, and 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 you know, not only were they not showing new things, but they were showing some very cool old things. Yeah, such as the original artwork for Disneyland uh, that was done uh, over that weekend with Walt, where they just did it by hand, and it was just that was people were crying yeah. coming out of that. Absolutely stunning. Uh, that was it, it was something that was it was tucked away, no photography allowed. Uh, you know, it, white glove type treatment, and I mean, it was it. I I had been to Imagineering years ago uh, on a little tour and went back into their Imagineering archives, and they pulled out the big like five foot wide drawer, and and there it was, and I got to look at it for like. 10 seconds and then they put it away and i was like no i want to see that forever and so for yes this was i mean it's a the original pencil drawing uh of of disneyland from years and years ago incredible i went through that many times so i could keep seeing it yeah see and that's uh uh that's the kind of thing that we enjoy seeing at yeah. these uh, D23 yeah. Expo well, And then around the corner from that was, uh, what was it, Peter Ellenshaw's uh, uh, The Blacklight uh, activated for the first time ever in, in public viewing uh, sort of uh, overview of the park as well. Yeah, it's the one from that one Disneyland TV sh- uh, show where they turn it off and he says, this is what Disneyland looks like at night. Right. And all the lights come on and... Yeah, that's very, very cool. They said that, like, he had seen, you know, a dark ride paint lying around Imagineering or whatever. He was like, wow, that'd be really cool to, you know, spruce up the, the, the painting with that. Yeah, look what I can do with this. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, just wandering around that whole area, there was, there was the, you know, the technology section and the, the model section and the, and the scenic section. And just every aspect of Imagineering was represented. And it wasn't, and this is what I say every single expo, this is the most important thing, is that when you're walking around this Imagineering area, you're not talking to reps. You're not talking to PR people. You are literally talking to the Imagineers who work in these areas. Right, and not necessarily, although they were running around, not necessarily the big hitter, big name right. people. Right, right. I mean, it's it, like I remember I, I walked into walked into the area where uh, there were the the models and maquettes and everything, and there was just sort of this older guy lounging at a desk, and I started talking to him. And I said, "Oh, so is this you know uh, sort of representative of what you do at Imagineering?" He's like, "Yeah, this is literally my office. They like picked <laughs> it up and moved it here." Ah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, so, when I when I first walked in after the big presentation the joke you know projected presentation i walked through the doors and marty sklar was welcoming us in uh he was standing on the right and just welcome welcome come on in you know and i'm like wow yeah you know 
the help they can get around these places. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know, he retired. He's got nothing better to do. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to see him at Epcot dishing out Mickey ice cream bars soon. That's right. Yes. Hey, welcome. Come on in. Uh, put your magic band there. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't work. Oh, so uh, well, come on in. Now, in the, the in this uh, pavilion, that was I, I could have spent the whole expo, and I kind of wish I did spend the whole expo in there. But uh, at one point, there was uh, an impromptu meet and greet that uh, literally was not planned a part of the expo. It was sort of something that just came together. Uh, uh, the Dreamfinder was there meeting with guests. I missed that. I stumbled across, like I, I would just went in there by chance, and there he was, and I was like, "I'm dropping whatever I was doing and getting in line for this." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw plenty of photos from people, yeah. and I, I was just, I was heartbroken. It was, it was not just a dream finder; it was the second dream finder to be from Epcot years ago. Yeah, and that's you know that, and, and he had Figment with him, yes. if I remember correctly. Yes. So it was the full uh, Dreamfinder costume mm-hmm. with the you know oh yeah just mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's, that's magic uh, absolutely now now that actually went hand in hand with uh, one of the uh, there were uh, a few really amazing presentations at the expo this year uh, one of them the Disney Legends uh, ceremony has always been wonderful uh, and before it's kind of been turned into a a showcase of talent uh, you know the princesses got up there and all sang and that was an amazing you know moment uh, for everybody uh, but this year was a little bit more uh, understated as far as you know performances goes but uh, but very emotional as well yeah and i talked about the um, the disney legends nominees uh, or selections on uh, the Diz Geek podcast uh, earlier this year about the fact that I was uh, I was a little taken aback by the list um, just because some, some of the people on there, like Steve Jobs, he I don't know that I would consider him a Disney legend. He's definitely a legend. Right. And he's definitely like a technology legend and an Apple legend and a Pixar legend. Right. Well, but, because because of that Pixar connection, uh, yeah. that's pretty much why that happened, right? And and you know, and I get it. But when I looked at that, I was like, he's not really a Disney legend. And you know, of course, I heard from the listeners about that one. <laughs> well, uh, and and particularly, and this is where you can make the Disney connection. If it wasn't for Steve Jobs, John Lasseter would not be doing the wonderful things that he is doing for Disney today. Uh, not only Pixar, but he's, you know, ahead of the animation studio and, you know, with his pause on Imagineering things as well. And he got up there to honor Steve Jobs and, and was in tears on stage and I, the crowd was sniffling. And I mean, it was, it was quite a touching moment. Yeah. Okay. So if you say that Steve Jobs is a Disney legend because he created John Lasseter, we're good, I think. <laughs> pretty pretty much. And then and then if that wasn't enough, Tony Baxter got honored as well. Yes, yes, and that was very, very cool. And was it not at this uh presentation that Tony got a bit of a surprise? Um uh yeah, well it wasn't actually at this. Uh there well, well there were surprises. Uh joining him on stage were uh were Darth Vader, which was a little weird, uh and Dreamfinder. So that was that was neat. Well, okay, and, I'm and, I'm okay with the Dreamfinder part. <laughs> well, I guess Tony was heavily involved in Star Tours, so that's why Darth uh, Vader was up there. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and, and when he got up there, he he did say something. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not quoting him exactly here, but he basically said, "Bring Dreamfinder back to the parks." 
up there on stage. I love Tony. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, and I, I forgot about that until you just mentioned it. He uh, was also co-hosting um, an undiscovered, uh, rediscovered Disneyland presentation with, uh, with Josh Shipley. And uh, Tom Staggs came out with, with uh, Staggs' only appearance at this expo to surprise Tony by uh, letting him know that he would be receiving a window on Disneyland's Main Street. See, that was it. I, I knew that it happened at D23 Expo. I just thought it was at the Legends. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it was just a, a lot of uh, Tony Baxter love going on there, despite what happened a few months earlier. Hey, you know, some things come, some things go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, every expo has two really big presentations that everyone looks forward to. There's the live action Walt Disney Studios presentation and the animation presentation, which uh, in 2011 were lumped together in this ginormous Sam Eagle style three hour glorious finale that let everyone uh, sleep by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this time they split them up and that was a very good idea. Is that the third reference to Sam Eagle we've had so far in this show? And not the last. Okay. Just checking. Um, and, and, you know, just to make all of the listeners happy, I didn't get to any of the presentations in any of the big venues. The only presentation that I went to was the very final one. So you're going to have to talk about these all by yourself. Well, no problem, because honestly, there's not that much to say. Uh, I mean, the... The live action one, again, in the first expo, started with a huge bang by bringing out Johnny Depp dressed as Captain Jack Sparrow. Bang. That was huge. Uh, kind of downhill since that. I mean, last time they brought out all of the uh, the Avengers at the end, which was a little bit awkward because they were on stage for like 0.2 seconds. Well, they're fast. <laughs> yes. I suppose they had some heroic things to go do or go to a party or something but uh this time there was no real big sort of monumental moment it was sort of a little pieces here and there of like okay yeah here's a little bit of marvel with some of the stars of that uh here's some muppet stuff with an amusing moment uh angelina jolie came out to talk about maleficent that was kind of cool and then uh in the end uh and this is going to be a recurring theme for the next hour or so uh promoting <laughs> saving mr banks they showed some clips from that movie and uh richard sherman and uh, jason schwartzman who plays richard sherman in the movie came out and uh, performed let's go fly a kite and kite flyers came through the audience and that was the big grand finale uh which was really nice it wasn't Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow, nice, but still very nice. I really don't think that they can top that presentation that they did with Johnny Depp. No, I, that was that was a Dick Cook wonder. Uh, and it, <laughs> this is the other funny thing about this is this is now the third D23 Expo, and it's the uh, third different head of the studios that has been there to present it. It just shows what happens behind the scenes yeah. that we usually never notice. Right. It wasn't even that long after the first expo that Dick Cook got the axe. Yeah. I think it was on the way out, actually. They said, <laughs> right. very, very good. Good. Loved your presentation. You're fired. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they did separate the animation this time around because last time it was, I mean, John Lasseter's wonderful. He's always very animated, very entertaining. But somehow, because this presentation was so long in 2011, uh, he actually came off a little bit boring because it, we, everybody was just like, get me out of here. I'm tired. And I have to go to the bathroom. Wow. But this time he was great. And uh, almost everything they presented was great. Um, uh, Upcoming Pixar films, mostly. uh, uh, Finding Dory, the sequel to Finding Nemo. Sure. Um, Didn't really have a lot to say about it other than it's coming up. 
Uh, Inside but, Out looks like a great movie. Uh, he couldn't remember Finding Dory. <laughs> right. Yeah, they kept giving him the, the information, and he kept forgetting it. Just keep swimming. Yes. Uh, Inside Out, uh, basically Pixar's take on Cranium Command. Ooh. It looks uh, it looks like it's going to be quite good. They showed some early, early, early sort of uh, uh, animatic storyboard kind of stuff, and it was very funny. Is it going to have uh, Hans and Franz as the <laughs> left and right ventricle? I, I would, I wish uh, that would be nice. Uh, but uh, no, it, uh, they. I can't remember the cast offhand, but they had some of the cast uh, there. Uh, Bill Hader kept coming out repeatedly from Saturday Night Live. Like, he's in every Pixar movie coming up for some reason. Oh, don't be a hater. <laughs> uh, and then, well, John Ratzenberger was being a hater there because he came out uh, in a, in a, with a marching band to say, wait a minute, I'm Pixar's golden boy. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh, so they did that. Um, uh, they talked about now. This is where things get a little dicey. They they showed a v- tremendous amount of information about the good dinosaur, and everyone went, "Ooh, that looks really bad." So it's not the good dinosaur. Yeah, then. No. And since then, the movie has the, it lost its director. It's been pushed back twice. Uh, I, I think they really saw everybody's reaction and were like, "Ooh, this yeah, this can't happen." It's Disney's The Moderate Affair Dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, So it was, uh, yeah, we'll see where that ends up. Uh, I mean, Pixar has canceled one project before. They were supposed to, they were well into pre-production on something called Newt and just scrapped it completely. Um, So I I would not be surprised if the good dinosaur never, you know, well, goes extinct, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They did show the entire short Get a Horse. No kidding. Which was fantastic. I haven't seen it. You haven't. Does that mean you have not seen Frozen yet? Um. Well, I. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that a little later. Yeah. Okay. So, get a horse uh, is a fantastic short. Must see it in three D. Uh, it was. It was brilliant. It, it is one of the best Disney shorts I've ever seen. All right. It is, uh, you know, classic Mickey Mouse style with a twist. It is using Walt Disney's own voice as Mickey Mouse. I, I was going to say, are we are we going to give away the the secrets of this? No, that's it. That's I'm done there. Okay, just checking. <laughs> Uh, so that's that. And then looking ahead to the future in this animation thing, they showed off a uh, big hero six, which is this Marvel, very obscure Marvel thing. That's, uh, going to be an animated film, uh, of, from, from Walt Disney, uh, animation, not Pixar, just, just Disney animation, uh, actually looks kind of cool. Starring ballpoint pen man, something like, and- yeah, I don't, I don't really remember the characters, but whatever they showed at the expo got me excited about this movie. I don't get it, but I'm excited about it. Okay. Yeah. That works. And then they concluded with something called Zootopia, which just baffled me. It's this thing where they're like, what if humans didn't exist and animals ruled, but in like, you know, anthropomorphic human style? And what would cities look like if they were animal cities? And I was just kind of confused. Get them away from me, you darn dirty (laughs) ape. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Charlton Heston is not doing the lead voice in that movie. And we can thank the stars. Right. Uh, so that's those presentations. The other biggest thing at the D23 Expo was the Alan Menken, Richard Sherman Disney Songbook concert. Yes, I recorded that one. Uh, I was surprised that they were allowing recording at that one. Yes, I didn't go to it, but I recorded it. <laughs> How does Isn't that, that amazing? Work? 
<laughs> I sent Jeremiah. Okay, well, that it's, doesn't surprise me. It's good to be to Paul. Right. Uh, I also recorded it, but I also, more importantly, enjoyed it. It was wonderful. It went. It ran over by an hour because Alan Menken just simply refused to skip anything. He literally played every single song he's ever written for Disney. Wow. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, see, that's the good thing about, you know, the fact that we have dueling Jeremiah's is that we can... <laughs> We can send them out to do these little things for us while, you know, you and I are schmoozing and uh, and doing press uh, conferences and things like that. We can send them in to, to do these things. But um, but yeah, I, I really should have gone to this one. I think it was just I looked at it and I said, this is going to be a crowded mess. Um, you know, there were actually I don't think it ever completely filled up came close, but I think there were still seats available at the end. Well. Okay. Well, I guess I should have gone. To you would it have then. been sitting, you know, way in the back on the second floor or something. But it, it's it's audio, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't have the greatest of views. I was way off to the side. I couldn't really see whoever was at the piano. I kind of just saw the piano. Uh, but it, like you said, it didn't matter. It was all right. about hearing it. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's a very cool thing when you can get major major talent like that together to perform and people that genuinely love. Yeah. what they do yeah and then uh, uh there was uh, also one more footnote to the uh, expo here this, uh, they were doing something weird as they called it they said to back to the imagineering pavilion they said go there and ask for something weird really and and people were jumping to the conclusion oh it must be uh, uh, uh dr strange from marvel because weird and strange i'm like no that doesn't make any sense yeah that's very much like something i would say <laughs> Uh, I kind of, you know, looked at it and saw it was on Marvel's website under the comic book section. I was like, okay, it must be a comic. And I thought, well, it's a comic. It's weird. It's Disney. What is weird? And well, it must be the Museum of the Weird. And, Museum and of the Weird, right. Sure enough, that's what it was. There's a comic book coming out uh, next month, Seekers of the Weird. Uh, and what was not expected out of this was that it's actually the first in a series of uh, sort of these comic mini series based on the Disney parks. Wow! Under the Disney Kingdom's new line of comics, that could be fun. Yeah, and, and they've got uh, uh, some of the artists. Uh, of course, they've got their Marvel artists working on it, and writers. But uh, Brian Crosby, the uh, Imagineer, has been doing some uh, variant covers for it. So, the, and those look those look fantastic. Well, I'm not really a comic book kind of person, but that that could be fun. Yeah, I, I, think. Yeah, I will definitely pick those up. Yeah, well, yeah, but you pick everything up, especially when it's vaguely haunted mansion related. I mean, here, you know, at some point, you're even going to own your own Tron machine. I um, mean, come on, yeah, kind of already do. Uh, see, <laughs> I have a, a mini Flynn's arcade in my. I house. was going to say, just don't paint the wall so that it looks like <laughs> bricks and things, and you're fine. Yeah, don't hang a original sign from Electronica on the ceiling that's glowing in the word Tron. You're bragging. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, we had a meetup also, once again, at the expo. Oh, yes. Talking about us. Um, <laughs> this this was the biggest. See, I can talk about this one because I went to this one. And Disney, I mean, they went all out for us. Yes, actually, they did. I was joking with the, uh, about the fact that we had a, a week before D23 Expo, you and I had 125 people that said they were going to show up mm -hmm. for this meet. And so I went to the people at Trader Sam's and said, look, Ricky and I are coming down here. We've got 125 people already. We are going to take over this place. 
Within 36 hours, Disney had made an announcement that they were extending Trader Sam's <laughs> out into the area around the pool. Yeah. And they were going to have, you know, Mickey's Let's Get Ricky and Paul away from Trader Sam's luau party. <laughs> Pretty much. And I thought, I, I thought, you know, that was because of us. Uh, and, I, I'm sure it was us and the many other groups that were also planning meets there that weekend. No, no. It was because of us. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And uh, so we, we ended up at the on the Friday night of D23 Expo. We had uh, almost 200 people come out and meet and greet with us, take photos. We had tons of stuff that we gave away. We hired a band, <laughs> uh, tiki dancers. Yep. I mean, just it was great. Indeed. No, it was fun. Good times. Uh, we, if, it'd be nice if there was some way to do that more often than, you know, once every two years, maybe, I don't know, every Friday at Trader Sam's or something. You, you know, that would be great. Uh, it's just so hard to fly you out every week. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, you're, is true. You're there every 10 days, not every week. Right. So, of course. I, you know, actually, this is the first time I've been able to say this in a very long time. I have zero plans to, uh, to come to California right now. Really? I've, there's nothing coming up. Wow. Which, I mean, that's not necessarily a good thing. It means there's nothing coming up. That's true. That is very true. But, you know, I mean, you got to give your credit card a break at some point. I mean, come <laughs> that on. That is also true. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's always, and we usually say this at the end, but it's it, it's the fans, the listeners, the, the, the actual personal interaction that we love so much about doing this podcast uh, or these podcasts. Yeah, and very true. It, it never it, it always surprises me too. I mean, it, it's never something that I'm I'm taking for granted or anything. Like you know, if I'm wherever I am, it doesn't even have to be in the parks. It could be anywhere, and somebody it was just all of a sudden, hey, I love your this or your, your YouTube, your podcast, or whatever. And I'm always always flattered and and humbled by it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I was sitting recording the uh, the Jingle Cruise uh, background music for my show the other day and, and a listener walked by and he realized what I was doing. So he just kind of waved, you know, and, <laughs> and I looked at him, I said, thank you for listening, you know, and you can hear that on the recording, yeah. but that's, that's, that's a cool moment where you're just kind of standing in the parks and, and this meetup that we did, I mean, this was the biggest one we've had by far. Mm -hmm. I mean, almost 200 people. It was, it was almost scary. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll do twice as many next time. 400 people. Let's, let's just book up the whole hotel. That's right. Yes, we're going to change this. We're going to call it the Window to the Magic, Inside the Magic. Wait, we should probably name it Inside the Magic first. The Inside the Window to the Magic. I like it. The Hanging Out of the Window. No. <laughs> hanging Out of the Window to the Magic Meetup. That, that, that will not work. That's a little dangerous. <laughs> That's a bad idea. Yes. So back to uh, reality. Here. Oh, yeah. We're recording a podcast here. I forgot. Yes. Um, so uh, let's let's get away from Disney here just for a moment, because there are some huge things that happen in other theme parks that are still worth uh, mentioning every once in a while. And uh, this one out here at Orlando, this massive uh, uh, The Simpsons Springfield installation project uh completed at universal orlando oh yes exactly and it's cool it's fun it's tasty uh it looks fantastic uh i i know you when i when i was like raving about most tavern tavern you were like huh yeah well it's it the the pictures that you had put up 
didn't look like there was any detail right. at all. Well, and that's because it's it's supposed to be exactly like it looks, you know, from the really simple 2D animated show from the 1980s. Hmm. I, I I'm trusting you that it's better in person. It is. It, it's it's more of it's an atmosphere feel. It, it's one of those things where you 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 feel like you have stepped into that world. They have done a really nice job, and it's it's impressive that it's a retrofit of an existing building. Um, and, and for that, it's been wonderful. And I, you know, should something similar, perhaps maybe possibly, uh, come about out there in uh, Universal Studios Hollywood, uh, it, it may just be even better. Plus you could get to drink butter beer and, oh no, wait, that's the other side. Now you get duff beer here. Real duff beer. beer. <laughs> oh, is it real beer? It is real beer. Yes. It is a, a brewed exclusively for Universal Orlando by a local brewery. Oh, wow. Duff oh, light, somebody, duff regular, and duff dry. Somebody's making a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, so real beer. That's okay. Well, I, then I like it. <laughs> yeah, and, I, you know, I'm not a beer drinker, uh, so I tried one. I took like two sips and gave it to somebody. Hmm. I, I thought it was incredibly bitter, but... You're a like little beer. boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they do have the Flaming Mo, which is non-alcoholic. Um, tasty also. Is a mo? What the? What's a flaming mo? Well, on the Simpsons TV show, it's this bizarre concoction that's a purple and and contains cough syrup. Uh, the one in the park does not. Good. Uh, it's basically just orange soda with some dry ice in it. Yeah. All but, right, but it's fun. It bubbles. That anything that bubbles comes is in a good souvenir cup. Of course, costs eight dollars. Of course, <laughs> no refills. Really? Yeah, because you have to buy another cup. Oh, okay. Right. And uh, then you get the free refills. No. You just get more cups. Well, that seems silly. <laughs> yeah, so uh, anyway, it's fun. Uh, and, you, you you know, keep an eye out out in California. Is there anything other than this tavern? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, a whole area. I mean, it's it's not only stuff to to do and eat. I mean, there's a whole food court full of foods inspired by the show, Krusty Burger and all of that. Uh, but there's lots of photo ops and, of course, merchandise and, and just a general feeling of walking into the world of The Simpsons. Oh, very nice. So you walk in and you feel 25 seasons old. Then. Exactly. Okay, good. You feel like, wow, this should have happened 15 years ago. Yeah, and probably did. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, 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 Disney Infinity Infin- Infinity Infinity um, came out. Video game? Have you played it? I have not. I have seen it. Uh, Calvin was talking about it. He said that he was going to try it. I I had friends who bought it on day one. Yeah. I, well, I don't fault you or Calvin for not getting it because this is one of those things that when you get it, your your wallet is just done for that was what i told him i said i said it looks like it's going to be incredibly expensive to do this yeah it's it's because it's not just a video game it's a video game with collectibles that interact with the video game yeah it's not just a video game it's a lifestyle Uh, practically uh you know they've come out with uh a ton of figures and they're still cranking them out they haven't even announced what they're coming out with next year yet which i'm sure will be wave you know, 47 of these things. And it's, it's just, you buy these, I mean, the cool, the figurines are cool unto themselves. Even if you don't play the game, you could pick up one of these things. I think they're, you know, 10, 11, 12 bucks. You can get them on sale sometimes. And they're really nice little vinyl figures, sort of stylized versions of Disney characters. But then you put them on this little pad that's connected to your console and they show up in the game and then you play with them there. 
So it, it embedded in the vinyl is a little chip yep. that tells whatever. Yeah, I mean it's a complete rip off of Activision's Skylanders, but that's fine. It's Disney. That's it what works. they do. Did they come out with an Olaf yet? Uh, no, you know they. they uh, that's sort. Of, it's it's. They have a very sort of needy production. Uh, you know, they, in order to come out with things they need the assets from movies and things like that they need to you know have all of the necessary components to be able to make things and with the timeline of the game which came out in august and frozen coming out in november and they weren't obviously still working on the movie and this and that they just simply couldn't get the necessary things from the studios to make something like that happen or a whole playset or whatever as they call it so they came out with an anna and an elsa and that's it oh interesting so when you when you put these characters into the video game, then you can play as them or yeah. they're with yeah, some you. Some of them have play sets where you go into their world and it unlo- unlocks all these levels, you know, Toy Story, Pirates. And they, ha- they have a Lone Ranger one, which, yeah. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, you play, you are in the, not really following the movie so much as just being in that world and all these little missions. But really the focus of Disney Infinity is this toy box mode where it's just this unlimited imagination explosion that it lets you just play and that's what they're emphasizing is you can be a kid let your imagination run wild they are giving you the tools and the toys to play with and you do whatever you want it's a place where a kid can be a kid yes just like chuck e cheese uh is that it i don't know or is that toys r us maybe i I don't know um so, (laughs) so how are they updating this game uh, when they come up with new assets and new playsets and things. From what I understand, everything's actually on the disc and these things are just unlocking it. And then eventually, uh, provided that sales were good enough, which they have been excellent, uh, they were going to come out with a Disney Infinity 2. Oh, really? But you'll still be able to use all the old figures with the new one, presumably, but then it'll have a whole new set of adventures and stuff. See, if if they... <sighs> They should be updating this through the web. Right. Well, I I think they wanted to do the make you buy multiple versions of the game instead. Well, they're they're thinking money and not convenience. Okay, let me, I mean, I will say they are doing updates via the web. They actually have weekly uh, contests where, because you can create these toy box worlds uh, and build just about anything. And they have themes that you can go off of if you, you know, want to participate where it's like Wreck-It Ralph week or DuckTales week or Frozen week or whatever. And they encourage the community to build worlds, submit them to them. They pick the best five and then offer those as downloads along with some of the cool ones that they have created as well. Oh, okay. Well, that works. So then. it's not the the play sets you can't download, like but these toy box worlds you can. Okay, so that's interactivity. I like yeah, that. Yeah, and that's... and you can hop online with up to four people at the same time and be in the same world together and help each other build or just you know play around and and battle each other or whatever. I mean, it's really tr- it's called Disney Infinity for a reason because there is truly an unlimited amount of things you can do with this game. It's called Disney Infinity because there's a truly unlimited amount of money they can make off of this game. I think that was the tagline. Yes. Uh, but it's fun. I mean, I, re- I haven't played it enough. I, I mean, if I, if I let myself, I could just be sucked into this for weeks at a time. So I've, I've kind of held off a little bit. I was just about to say, what, what else do you have to do, Ricky? Oh, I yeah. mean, come on. Nothing. Yeah. 48 <laughs> updates a day to the website, uh, you know. <laughs> Three-hour podcasts to record. I was going to say, clearly the most popular podcast on the internet. I mean, come on. I wouldn't go that far. Okay. But uh, there was another excellent game that came out, uh, DuckTales Remastered. Uh, 
That's your department. <laughs> I, I know you don't play. Do you play video games at all? No. Yeah. Uh, did Calvin play DuckTales Remastered? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, we've got somebody staying with us. Uh, is a cast member from Disneyland. Uh, his name is Jeff. And I think he's played it mm-hmm. because I've heard DuckTales theme and stuff going <laughs> right. on. It's um, hard to miss because, not, I mean, it's it's it, it, this is a classic Nintendo game from year, original Nintendo game that they have remade for, with hand-drawn animation, original voice cast from the old DuckTales show, including uh, Alan Young, the original voice of Scrooge, who's in his 90s now. Amazing. I mean, it's, it's like a, a new DuckTales episode has come about, which I never thought would happen. Okay, yeah, now, now that you've gone that far into it, yes, Jeff has been playing that, and I, so I have seen it, um, but I have not played it. I have a terrible history of not beating video games. I get like a third into it, and I'm just like, okay, I need to move on to something else. This one I sat down, I played through the entire thing as quickly as possible. I, I loved it. Well, you typically don't finish video games because you you can't you don't have enough time before your next trip to Disneyland. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm yeah. like, oh, I've been playing for an hour. Time to get back on the plane. Right. Uh, no, but uh, this is it's 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 fantastic, and I I don't know how well it's been doing for uh, the folks who put it together. Uh, Capcom, along with uh, uh, Way Forward, I believe is the the company. Um, but uh, I, I, as far as I know, it did well enough to where they are talking about doing uh, more. Uh, sort of the retro remake titles like uh, maybe Chippendale Rescue Rangers or Darkwing Duck or something like that. And yeah, it's tremendous. If they do the the uh, Rescue Rangers, they need to take out that irritating skip in the in the theme song. Irritating skip. Yeah. Chippendale. <laughs> the stutter. I always thought that that was really irritating. They should remove that in this next one. So it's but classic. yeah, that, that that is a good uh, a good idea. And I've I've seen Calvin playing video games on the HD TV in his bedroom, and they just they look terrible. And when you get these new games that have come out, um, like uh, Kingdom Hearts, yeah, the, the HD remaster and things like that, they look awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's a great. I mean, these classic games, people still want to play them. But you're right, you you fire it up, and after a few minutes, you're like, oh my eyes, I don't really know what's going on in this blurry mess, and you know, right, yeah. 8-bit is just not good in 1920 by 1080. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it looks it looks phenomenal. The music is is amazing. Uh, it was literally one guy took it up uh, for them, took all of the old 8-bit tracks, the blips and the bleeps and the synth sounds and all of that, and completely reorchestrated it to be just absolutely gorgeous uh, renditions of those old sort of classic video game songs. They're completely new songs. They don't sound anything like the originals. It's great. <laughs> no, they they actually do. They they're wonderful. And the moon theme is sort of the classic. I mean, it's if you were to look at a list of you know top five best video game songs ever, that would be always in there. And and he did a, an outstanding uh, a version of that. Actually, I forgot to mention earlier at Comic Con there was a panel on this as well, and he performed that song, sort of a piano solo version there, and it's just wonderful. Yeah, I think that uh, that was what brought to my attention that Jeff was playing the game was the music. Mm-hmm. Because, he, you know, I'm just sitting here at my desk and he's on the couch. And, and you hear... Dum, 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 yeah, dum. And, but it's much better than that. Right. You know, and I'm like, wow, that's that's okay. That came out really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So speaking of upgrading things with new technologies, uh, have you ridden Indiana Jones at Disneyland lately? <laughs> you ready for this? No. 
Well, that's good because I haven't seen it since the upgrade either. Uh, I had seen and and the thing that irritated me, you know, obviously for those who don't know, uh, Indiana Jones all of a sudden just completely un- unexplained. It, it just for some reason they just completely redid the voice of Mara, and they did projections on the face of Mara that make her him animated and um the voice was completely unpopular because it was, it was originally this booming eye of mara right yeah it was like a big black dude voice you know just the the whole you know you have invaded and then it went to hey lady and <laughs> yeah it, you know and it was just it was terrible and it, it was there for god what, what less than a week yeah yeah I, I, they at some point i think they had commented that it was you know it was just a change for the sake of change i don't know but yeah it yeah. went back <laughs> yeah and but from what i understand the the projections the uh what what's that mapping technology projection mapping uh, okay <laughs> it's sometimes it's a simple name yes yeah. um yeah the the projection mapping that they're using they they do it so that it looks perfect um, Mara changes as you pull forward as, you and, know, and different say, scenes for the different Mara scenes, yeah, different projections. And, right. And, and, and it looks like she's falling apart or he's falling apart. Is it a girl or a guy? So I can stop saying that. Um, I, well, I think that's what happened in there. It was originally a guy and then it went to the girl, you know? Okay. I gotcha. <laughs> All right. That's what it, I'll just call him Mara then. Yeah. But mara falls apart or you know has things growing out of its mouth yeah. or you lightning know, and yeah yeah very very cool yeah one of those things that sometimes they make a big deal out of these upgrades hey coming soon we're doing this that and the other and sometimes they just show up yeah and and this this one was fairly cool um but uh, for some reason and i have no idea why i have just not been on indiana jones in forever yeah no i mean i i know well, there's there's that moment where you walk up to Indiana Jones, you're like, I want to ride this. And then you think, oh, but I have to walk like 78 miles and oh, it's so ri- shaky and I'm going to walk off with a back eight and, you know. Well, see, that's, you know, <laughs> believe it or not, that's not the problem for me. It's the line mm. and not walking the line, but the amount of time in the line. Mm-hmm. I just walk up and I look and I think this is. I think this is uh, a, a symptom of living as close as I do now. Yes. I look and I go, ugh. You go, damn, next time. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Because when I come out there, it's a trip. You know, I'm like, oh, while I'm here, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And I make sure to get it all done. And here, when I go to the parks, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to ride anything. Yeah. I'll stand in line for four hours to eat at the <laughs> 50s Primetime Cafe. Right. But I won't stand in line for 45 minutes to go and see the new projections in Indiana Jones. Whereas out here, if I can't get a bite to eat in like three seconds, I'm like, yeah, I'll just eat at home. Whereas you're right out there. I'll be like, yes, clam chowder and a bread bowl. I'll stand here for an hour. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just I, I, I don't know. It, that's it's indicative of, of living close. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, whenever I do get out there, I'll definitely check Indy out and maybe you'll see it by then. There we go. Okay, sounds good. Speaking of me seeing things. <laughs> okay. I haven't seen planes. I, I thought you said you did see movies this year. I thought I did. <laughs> uh, I did see uh, planes. Now, that was it was going to be direct-to-video. Then at some point, they were like, you know what? We're going to put this in theaters. And everyone went, 
uh, it was, uh, you know, during spin-off cars thing. It, it actually ended up being a halfway decent movie. I'm looking through the list. What movies did I see this year? <laughs> the, ones, anyway. the ones that we talked about in the first six months? Yeah, apparently. I, you know, I guess it's indicative of living close to a movie theater. No. Um, this this seemed like an odd choice. Well, when it, when it was the expo uh, 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 two expos ago, and they brought yeah. out John Cryer is the voice of Dusty Crop Hopper for planes, and everyone went, oh, that's cute, I guess. And then somewhere between that expo and the, new, and the latest one, they were like, no, it's not John Cryer anymore. It's uh, Dane Cook. Right. The and- comedian who is very adult in his act very adult yeah like like never in a million years would you think he had anything to do with disney kind of act right and and but the voice fit it did it it actually worked out in the end i never heard dane cook while watching it i just heard dusty um you know he was and then he appeared at the expo uh recently and he was fine he was you know personable and he actually made a joke of it as well you know saying you know when you think of disney of course you think of dane cook or you know whatever so uh uh it it worked i mean the the first half of the movie was like cars all over again but in the air it was it was like they took the exact movie it was i was like really is this going to be how this goes and somewhere along the line it must like the the production must have been like you know what maybe we should do something different with this movie and it just went off in a totally different and much better direction okay when did this movie come out uh, i don't know a few months ago well duh it's in the second half of the year but <laughs> when, i mean seriously do you have any can you look this up quickly while i'm talking about the fact that i didn't um august 9th see it august oh Okay. That was Friends of the Magic. It was uh, actually, it was, uh, they played it uh, at the expo as well on release day. Yeah. See, I, I, uh, oh no, that wasn't Friends of the Magic. That was, it was the expo week. That was the expo weekend. Yeah. Oh, hmm. Now, I have no idea why I didn't see this one. Because it's planes. That's why you didn't see it. I, yeah, but I, still. I, see, now, here's, here's my side of this. The only reason I've seen half of these movies is because I go to press screenings for them. I, I would not have paid to go see planes. Yeah. I, yeah. But still, I, I had made an effort to see more movies right. this year. Well, uh, you, you should have. The Lone Ranger would have been worth the money. A planes is it's not. <laughs> the best way I can describe planes is it's not as bad as you think. Okay. It's, right. And then now they're making a sequel, uh, which they announced before it even came out in theaters. So they were pretty confident this would do well, and it did uh, do well. So uh, you know, I'll see the sequel. It, it was it was good enough for me to want to see the sequel. They calling it Planeses? Uh, uh, Planeserer. Planeserer. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Back with a vengeance <laughs> or something. Plane story two. Yeah. No. Um, right. So, uh, completely unrelated to that is news that has the Disney fan community in an uproar about Disneyland. Yep. It's the panties in a bunch crew upset once again, because, uh, something is changing at Disneyland and, uh, not everybody is going to get to, uh, to benefit from it. Club and- 33. Yeah. Uh, Club 33 closing. Um, and before anybody freaks out for expansion, right? Temporarily. Yes. Um, this is something, you know, those of us who are lucky enough to be able to get into club 33, we're going to be able to enjoy it. We're going to have six months. I'll put money down. It's going to go a year. Um, 
but uh, they're closing, they're expanding it, they're changing the look of it, they are adding a lounge, they're kind of theming it a little more to Nor- New Orleans mm-hmm. than it is now. Moving um, the entrance? They are, And that's the thing that's got everybody upset. Right. Is the fact that the Court of Angels, uh, which is, you know, I, I had no idea that it was such a popular thing. Uh, until they basically said that they're going to take the classic entrance, they're going to close that, they're going to close the Court of Angels, and you're going to go in through one of the other shops. That's going to be where you're going to check in, and then you're going to go into the Court of Angels and up the stairs into the restaurant. And and they have very good reasons for doing all of this. Not only is it a sprucing up for those who get to enjoy Club 33, but also they've had tremendous difficulties servicing Club 33 because they're sharing a kitchen with the Blue Bayou. It's like forever away downstairs. Uh, it's, you know, just the, the flow of every. It just doesn't make any sense for them anymore. While I'm sitting up in Club 33 waiting my, for my Chateaubriand, I am sitting saying, get my meat out here quick. <laughs> Right. And let them wait for their macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it ultimately, it, for the most part, it sounds like it's going to be a good thing for those who get to enjoy the club. I am a little disappointed that the trophy room is going to be going away. Yes. Yes. They're going to expand the, the kitchen out into the trophy room. And so that entire section is is just going to close. It's just going to be shut off. And so you're not going to be able to uh, to enjoy that anymore, which means those classic chandeliers with the microphones in them. I hope they move those over into the lounge. They have said they're not going to lose any of those iconic elements. Yeah, they're going so, to relocate them. I'm certainly hoping that they're going to be out there somewhere. Yeah. Along uh, with the the uh, bird uh, animatronic that never really happened. Yeah. The vulture. Yeah. 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 That's um, I, I have enjoyed the trophy room i've eaten in there a number of times i've slammed my head into a shelf really hard (laughs) there once that sounds like fun oh yeah it was great um but i I, i'm not upset about this at all but i'm in the crowd that is going to get to enjoy it right exactly well i mean i uh, so to talk about the court of angels that is one of those places that from the very very first time i went to disneyland i came across it it's tucked away in the back of new orleans square it's it's a non-area there's no attraction there's no shop there's no anything other than just a gorgeous area of new orleans square great photo opportunity um just to have a nice area and and so i i had no idea that other people also had that affinity for it until this commotion came about what I'm hoping is is that it's the Court of Angels is going to be open to the public when the club is not open, and the club is open most of the day. Right. But but what I'm hoping is is that it'll be something like they will open it first thing in the morning, and then they will close the gates at eleven a.m. Right. Well, when the they, club opens. they've only said so far that the the previous sort of you know entrance way to the Court of Angels is going to be closed over by opaque glass. Now they didn't say if there's going to be a gate or a door or something. They just said it'll be blocked from view. So right. yeah. So you know, Lord knows, I'm still I'm still holding out hope that it's not gone forever for the general public. Yeah. Um, but it, regardless of that, uh, the the Club Thirty Three expansion sounds sounds lovely. The uh, new lounge where they said there's going to be music uh, and all of that sounds wonderful. They're getting a menu upgrade, and um, yeah, I mean, it sounds nice for those who get to enjoy it. 
Yeah, yeah, it, it'll be fun. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to going back after it opens. And, uh, and I will, you know, I'm sure you'll go as well. I'll meet you there. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, and it'll be good to, you know, to check it out. It'll be a new thing. It's kind of, you know, upgraded area. But because it is such an exclusive area and because it's taking away the Court of Angels, uh, people are pretty upset about it. Yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, out here at Walt Disney World, there is a fabulous restaurant that everybody can enjoy, provided that you can afford it, because <laughs> it is rather pricey. It's the uh, the California Grill atop the Contemporary. Right. If you want to eat like we do here in California, just go to the top of that hotel. And uh, did they change the menu? Yeah. Yeah. It got an update um, and it's it's very good. Uh, I, is it? I, say that again. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, they did a nice job. Um, it's, it's not as good as Carthay Circle, in my opinion, if we want to compare sort of new California style menus. Um, but it's, it, they did a nice job. I enjoyed uh, almost everything that I ate there. Good. Very good. I ate up there in 2007. I was introduced to sashimi up there, mm -hmm. uh, for the very first time, which is, you know, wonderful. And, uh, and the food up there has always been wonderful. In my opinion, the view obviously is, uh, unrivaled. Right. And they've um, made that even better. There's a, an extra viewing platform on the other side of the restaurant now. Things are a little bit more open. Uh, they did improve on the, the sushi area as well, sort of a bigger sushi bar. There's even like a sushi multi-course chef's experience you can do now. I'll be right there. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, you're not going to walk out of there with a, with a you know, less than 100 bucks uh, for for couple of people probably even way more than that but it's it's worth it uh it's something worth you know saving up for maybe skipping a few dinners uh, you know go for the quick service or something so you can have a really nice meal there that's what i was just about to say is it four dining credits now yeah i i have no idea mm. <laughs> I, I i have never been uh part of the dining plan so i i do not follow those things well, when I go back, I'll uh, I'll let you know. Yeah, uh, but it's it's wonderful. Um, I, I definitely, you know, it's nice to be able to just go up the elevator and, and walk out and there's all those windows and you just get the incredible view while you, you know, you sit and eat and enjoy the fireworks and all that. Yeah, I, the fact that they pumped the fireworks in there is... is and they, uh, well, yeah. they, and they upgraded the speakers for it as well, so they sound fantastic. Oh, good. Okay. So it's, it's not... <laughs> <laughs> anymore. Exactly. Okay, good. Very, very good. I don't know. I thought the, you know, it's sounding like a 1970s, uh, you know, speaker that that was always classic for me, too. So and, well, I, and they actually took uh, this was really nice, too, is uh, these people who don't really know the concept of the contemporary and the history of things may walk into this new look of the Californian grill and go, wow, what? this is new because they used a lot of 70s colors greens and browns and oranges and that kind of stuff uh and ian pulled in mary blair elements really tying it all together oh very nice yeah it's okay it, it's wonderful the carpet and and there are actually pictures of mary blair in there and 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 it, it's it's lovely good okay well that's good I, i'm glad to hear that uh so uh speaking of design elements uh, a fa uh, fantasy land at the magic kingdom got some new princessy designs Yes, you guys uh, copied our uh, Princess Fantasy Fair over there. <laughs> but but the lesser version of it. <laughs> we don't have cool live entertainment or a Figaro animatronic or a courtyard. We just have tucked away in a closet meet and greets. You guys have Olaf uh, on, the, on the roof no, waving at people? No, we don't have that. 
Oh. Do you, do you have uh, the, the the cart with the with the twists? No, and no, things? no. We don't have those. We, is there is there a restroom? Uh, sort of down the pathway a little bit. Oh, really? <laughs> a very very elaborately themed Rapunzel bathroom at that. Ah, uh, oh, that one. Yes, the million dollar bathroom. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. But no, Princess Fairy Tale Hall is now the place to meet princesses in Fantasyland. Uh, uh, two separate lines to meet two different princesses in, in in each one, and Fast Pass Plus and all that stuff. Now, I heard the other day, um, I was talking with Jonathan Dichter, formerly of the All About the Mouse Disney podcast, and he uh, was saying that he had taken his daughter out there, and they had one line to meet Rapunzel, and they had one line to meet, and I think it was either Snow White or Cinderella. Cinderella. Okay. And he said that the line to meet Rapunzel was an hour long, and you could walk up to the Cinderella Rapunzel is, that... is tremendously popular. Okay, yeah. I was just cuz I felt bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean well in each one you get two princesses. You get those one of those two and then the other sort of mystery princess whichever they fig- feel like sticking in at the time. And behind door number 2, we have Someone. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not uh, uh not Belle because she has her enchanted tales with Belle and it's not uh Ariel because she has her little mermaid meet and greet. So uh, and it's not Tiana because she has her area. So it's whoever's left. <laughs> well, hmm, who's left? Wow. S- yeah, Snow White and uh Sleeping Beauty pretty much. Okay. Well, this is, those are good. Yeah. Yeah. But it's have you, uh, have you been through it? Have you gotten your picture taken with the girls yet? No. Oh, come on. Uh, uh, the the night that it opened was actually, and this so this is actually kind of late in the list here. I should have put it earlier. It was the same night as that Friday the 13th villains thing. Um, and so I was at Hollywood Studios and uh, Michelle uh, was over at the Magic Kingdom uh, that night because the Disney Parks blog was doing a Halloween meetup there. Uh, and it just, and then they, they included this as uh, sort of the surprise. And by the way, you're going to be the first that go into Princess Fairy Tale Hall. So she went through and videoed it all and everything. And I was like, okay, now I don't have a reason to go. <laughs> you're che- uh, you're cheating. Yeah. Well, I'm- you know, it's, it's princesses are not exactly my thing. You go more for the ducks. I go more for Halloween. And the rabbits. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good segue. I, sorry, I stepped all over it. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, so, yes, moving into, as you mentioned earlier, uh, the never-ending uh, Halloween season. Yes, for the next three hours, Ricky is going to be talking about Halloween. No. Go ahead. Uh, since I did that tremendously, beginning in mid-September and leading all the way into a little bit of November, uh, uh, I can just briefly go over Wait, What did you do for Halloween? Uh, actually, I went to Not Scary Farm for the very first time uh, this last Halloween season. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Those are neat. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I went there for the first time, th- I think, three years ago. And it was, it was you know, normally you think of a, a scary story and you hear a dark and stormy night and that's a good thing. Well, when you go to a theme park, that's not such a good thing, mm-hmm. uh, especially a Halloween event. So I went and it was a dark and stormy night and it kind of ruined the whole night. It was a miserable experience. And on top of that, whatever, I don't need to go into it. Anyway, I left thinking that was a giant waste of time. Mm-hmm. I decided to give it another chance this year and I loved it. It was great. Yeah, I uh, we had always, matter of fact, prior to going to the Nuts Scary Farm thing, we were looking at your video of Halloween Horror Nights, mm-hmm. 
And we were trying to figure out how in Hades you were able to walk through these things <laughs> without cowering in fear because they're just, they're so intense and so beautiful, you know, just, just horribly scary looking and, right. and everything. And we went through these things and once you realize what they actually are, they are a great ad adventure. They are a tremendous feat in uh, themed entertainment. And, and the reason that I, I mean, I literally do not get scared of these things no matter what they're throwing at me anymore because I've been through so many of them and I, I see everything, you know, coming a mile away for the most part. They still surprise me sometimes. Uh, but even then I don't get, I, I don't get scared by them anymore. I, just, I, I get entertained. Absolutely. But not really scared. Yeah, we we went through the Houdini one. Um, yeah, that was Black Magic. That was Black great. Magic. Yes, and that was the first one. And both Calvin and I kind of ran through it with our eyes half closed, and we, <laughs> you know, kind of, you know that kind of thing. And we got to the end, and we were like, "Wait a second. And so for the rest of them, we were walking through just totally casual yeah. and, you know, and, and really upsetting the people who were trying to scare us because they would come out <laughs> and go, boo, and we'd be like, hi, how are you? Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, you know, they, they, there are obviously different types of people who go to these things, the ones who are cowering and don't see anything because they're so horribly scared. And then there are those who really, really appreciate the artistry of it all. And uh, it is like, I mean, it's amazing that these theme parks and, and other outside events put so much time and effort into creating these themed uh fully immersive experiences that only exist for a few weeks yeah and and a lot of them are only just for a few weeks there's yeah. some of them that that are there for you know six weeks or or longer but uh but yeah it's just so much fun and we're gonna try uh halloween horror nights next year um we're gonna do the vip thing that's definitely the way to go yeah, because we we've talked to people that have gone to Halloween Horror Nights and they're like, if if you don't have the VIP, you're just not going to have fun. Yeah, it's brutal. And with and that allows you to do unlimited front of the line for everything. So you can just blast through it all and do it again and again and again. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, you know, this year, my my favorite absolute Halloween experience out of everything that I did. And the list was tremendous between here and California. Um, th this uh, event called uh, Delusion. Um, which uh, previously uh, Neil Patrick Harris, second mention of him on this show. <laughs> um, yes, he was a producer of this a few a couple of years ago, and then it has now moved on to new hands. Uh, uh, John Braver, I believe, was the, the guy's name, who's uh, big in Hollywood. Also, um, was in charge of it this year, and it's a only in Hollywood could this exist. It was personal. It was an hour long experience in a small group with top notch actors, like real actors saying lines and emoting and you're moving from scene to scene and just being part of this. It, they call it a haunted play. And it, it just an inc it blew me away. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. So we're not quite up to this level yet. In, in our braveness. It, it's actually, it wasn't that scary. It was like being part of a world-class uh, stage performance, but going, you know, three-dimensionally through a world. And it, it, it was amazing. Didn't this one get shut down early this year? Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, so the, the thing with them is they move. It's a completely new experience every year. And it's sort of an embedded experience in an existing place, whether it's an old theater or this year it was an old 
church in this residential neighborhood, just like totally. I mean, the GPS took me there and I was like, am I in the right place? Uh, You would never expect an attraction to be there. And they had signs posted saying, please be quiet, respect the neighbors. You know, they were trying to fit in and not disturb anyone. Well, unfortunately, they were supposed to run three weeks into November continuing these performances and the neighbors just had enough after halloween they were like we don't want the traffic we don't want you here just go away yeah yeah we we were we had seen it we i I had actually pulled it up to buy tickets and the whole shot and i never actually bought the tickets and then like the day after i had finally looked at buying the tickets I had seen that they had been uh, closed early. Yeah, it's unfortunate. They said next year they're going to try to, you know, find somewhere where the neighbors aren't going to get so upset. But uh, I will I will do that every year from now to eternity if I have the chance, because that, I mean, that was that was the coolest Halloween. That was one of the coolest experiences, period, that I've ever done. Well, yeah, Neil Patrick Harris was involved with it. It's got to be. Cool. <laughs> well, he, you know, he wasn't directly involved this year, although by coincidence, he was there the night that I went. Of course he was. <laughs> so uh, I, I said hi. I actually I went up to him and I said, uh, "Hey, we have a uh, you know a mutual friend," uh, and I, I name dropped a window to the magic and and Patrick and all of that. And he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." So yeah, really, <laughs> yeah. All right, that's that's the first time anybody's ever name dropped us. <laughs> that's pretty good. So uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it was it was fun. Uh, I, it's also worth throwing out there that I did uh, a blackout while I was out there, which was probably the most intense thing I've ever done. Uh, completely insane and and stupid and and I don't even whatever, just insane. <laughs> not not worth doing. No, 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 no. I mean, it's it's something that if you wanted to just be, uh, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just like an experience. Like if you want to be miserable and manhandled and, and I don't know. Well, I'm looking for a date. <laughs> well, uh, you you may sort of kind of find it in there. Uh, there there was <laughs> there was nudity involved, so uh, it was interesting. Well, put it that way. All righty then. Yeah the um, the other one that was in the area this year that that I wanted to go see and never got around to uh, was the Rob Zombie thing. Yeah, be glad you didn't. Really? Yeah, first year for that they. Uh, I don't want to fault them for it. It had such potential, but they only had 10 days at this fairground to set up. And it was clear they weren't ready on opening night. Their actors weren't ready. Nothing was ready. So when I went through, it was incredibly mediocre. Uh, It may have improved over the weeks that followed. Um, They said they may return next year. I'll give it another shot. But from what I saw, it was just kind of... It was designed to shock you and be gross. And some of it was that just like rob zombies movies are but for the most part it was just kind of amateur okay so yeah it was just it was so far away i never found myself with a with enough time to get out yeah there. it took forever to get out there today it was a the pomona fairgrounds and i crammed that and delusion into the same night and fortunately delusion was <laughs> far better and, and made the night good which one did you go to first uh rob zombie first oh okay yeah <laughs> I was just thinking that if you had gone to Delusion first, that maybe that's why Rob right. Zombie was... No, and, and actually that may have been why Delusion was that much better, because I was... Yeah. But uh, but as far as Disney goes, uh, we mentioned earlier Roger Rabbit. Um, yeah. And, and so Mickey's Halloween party this year had a new pre-party uh, in Tum- uh, uh, Toontown, rather. Uh, and it was an opportunity to get some candy early as well as do some uh, meet and greets for those who uh, you know were in the park before the party officially started. And uh, they brought out Roger Rabbit to meet and greet with. 
And that makes a happy Ricky. Absolutely. I've never seen Roger Rabbit before. They brought him out for the, we talked about this last time, their little Easter bunny hop thing. And it was just a small Main Street performance. He wasn't taking pictures with guests or anything. And that was the first time he had been seen in forever. I heard your scream all the way from Florida. <laughs> yeah. And so when I, fa- I was actually, I was planning this Halloween trip. I was going to go to this, 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 and this. And actually Mickey's Halloween party was not even something I was going to do because it didn't sound like anything, you know, I've, I had done it before. It was kind of more of the same. I was like, you know, I don't have to do that. I can, I can go on Haunted Mansion Holiday anyway. I can go on Ghost Galaxy anyway and, you know, see most of it without paying extra for this party. But then I found out about Roger Rabbit and I was like, yes, take my money. I'm going just for him. Right. Yeah, I remember you scrambling to get tickets. Yeah, I ended up finding a, a listener's friend who had an extra ticket because it was mm-hmm. sold out. And, and yeah, that was wonderful. Yes. <laughs> he was great, too. I mean, Roger Rabbit was Roger Rabbit. He was f- totally animated, hopping around. I was wearing a Roger Rabbit shirt, and he got all excited about that and was, like, spinning me in circles. And it was it was awesome. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I've, I've actually I've, I had seen Roger back in the 1980s. Mm. Um, you know, back when he was originally out and, and I remember the character, I didn't go to the, um, to the Halloween parties this year. Uh, I had asked if I, if I could go and record it for the show and I was told that it was too much money. And yeah. so I'm going to, you know, I skipped it this year. I'm going to go next year, but, uh, but yeah, they're, they're always a fun time. And if you're going to add these pre little things in and give you, you know, characters like Roger, that's, that's, that makes it awesome. Yeah, it was funny. I did the same thing. You know, I talked to, uh, I said to Disneyland, Hey, I'd like to come out at least just for, to, for Roger Rabbit. I want to promote the fact that he's there because they hadn't publicized that at all. And they were like, well, yeah, we're not really publicizing that. It's just kind of a, kind of a thing, just a surprise. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. You know? All right. It's so it's you know sometimes it's fun for them to just do quiet things that people aren't expecting and then they they get that surprise. Yeah, and and you're like, hey, let me in on Media Pass, and they're like, no, right. But yeah. that's fine. I, I was perfectly happy paying whatever it was sixty dollars or something just for that photo op. Oh my lord! <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's what you get for not buying them ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. It was. I, I think when I went, it was thirty nine or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you, you know, you mentioned Halloween Horror Nights, just sort of wrap up, uh, Halloween here. Uh, I went to it here in Orlando and in California, very different events and, and they did a, a, a good job on both coasts. I wouldn't say it's my, it was my favorite year because I mean, I love the walking dead TV show, big fan of that, but it was, I'm, I'm a little walking deaded out after two years of it now at, uh, at Horror Nights. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that not being there in the future. All right, I I like uh, I like that the the big thing for us this year because we, you know, are obviously new to the whole Halloween thing down here in Southern California. We went to Haunted Hollywood Sports. Oh yeah, you know, I I was trying to send somebody to that and then I couldn't and this and that. So how was that? Oh god, that was great. It, that, that was it, a paintball thing, right? Yeah, it was. It was actually it was like like knots, except you had guns. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, I mean, literally at one point I was running through a, a you know, a 3D paintball environment with uh-huh. zombies chasing after me. <laughs> and I I literally tripped, fell into a wall. I mean, it was like real. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, I mean, I, I hurt myself in this thing. It was that you were running through trying not to get caught by these zombies. These right. zombies were able to touch you. Mm hmm. 
So at one point, Calvin was going through and he was in a dark room and he heard, and he's like, what's that? And all of a sudden he was in a bear hug. <laughs> and one of the other members of the team had to run up, shoot the zombie. Nice. Who, who then let go of Calvin and then they took off again. Nice. And it's, oh, it was just awesome. See, I didn't so, do that. I, I didn't do Queen Mary. I, I'm going to have to put those on the list for next year. Yeah. Yeah. The Dark Harbor. They, um, th- those are both very, very cool. And the, the guys at Halloween Hor- or that, uh, haunted Hollywood sports, they're new. So, it, you know, they're a paintball place all, all of the, uh, the rest of the year. Right. And so they, they, this is like, the, I think the second year they've done this mm-hmm. and it's, they're, they're trying and they've got little, little mazes you can walk through. There was one, um, that was called Venom. I think it was sponsored by the sports drink and it was just, it was huge and it was close. It wasn't like knots. There was a, a time where I was walking through a series of little hallways and by little hallways, I mean like, uh, like turnbacks mm-hmm. where I actually thought that I was not going to be able to get through it. Mm. Because I was touching both walls right. simultaneously and it's completely black and things. And so, so these, these Halloween things, they're, they're very, very cool. I, I had a good time. Yeah, they're, they're getting more and more extreme every year, more inventive. I, 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 you know, I keep saying, I mean, the, the future of this is they're, they're literally going to kidnap you and torture you and <laughs> like steal you for the month of October or something. Well, you know, I don't really have the vacation time, yeah. but you know. It's getting yeah. crazy, but it, it's all in the name of, uh, of fun, and, and it's obviously my favorite season every year. I hadn't noticed. Yeah. Uh, and, and just as a footnote to all of that, uh, uh, Disney got into the spirit a little bit on TV as well with uh, Toy Story of Terror. Yeah, I you know, this was at, at D23 Expo. Mm-hmm. They, sh- they showed it. Uh, I wasn't there at that time when they showed it, and then I don't have television, so I have not seen this at all. They showed... Uh, uh, the first, I think, like uh, ten minutes or so of it at the expo, and it, and it ended right on a commercial break cliffhanger, and everyone went no, and we had to I, wait, like you know, it. until October, and it ended up being a lot of fun. Um, it's it's a you know the Toy Story characters are obviously great, uh, and they they really did a nice job of of bringing them into this sort of spooky horror movie style world, but then have a lot of comedic fun with it as well. I like it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it at some point. I just don't know how I will see it, but I'm sh- I'm sure it'll come out some some way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean just like they run, you know, Prep and Landing and the sequel to that every year at Christmas time, I have a feeling they'll air Toy Story of Terror every Halloween from now to Infinity and beyond. Are they doing Preppinger and Landinger this year? <laughs> I, I didn't hear of anything new this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, maybe came out with a little commercial break sort of thing or I don't know. I haven't heard anything. Okay. All right, fine. So uh, when you dress up for Halloween, you can uh, you can dress up as Walt Disney now. I did. I I got my mustache your, your, or ma- your, your mouse stash. Yeah, mouse. You did buy a mouse stash. N- no, I didn't. Oh, okay, I didn't either. But, but it sounded. <laughs> I, I I I can't imagine that these would sell. No, I saw them when I was. I haven't seen them out here. I saw them when I was out there uh, on Buena Vista Street. They were selling them, and it was it was the Walt Disney stick on mustache, and then a lot of other bizarre character mustaches i was just about to say we should probably tell people what we're talking about yeah and it's the <laughs> disney mustaches uh, little and, sticky and, felt things you can put on your upper lip and yeah yeah and and one of them being walt disney's mustache yeah bizarre like, yeah how did this get through yeah. <laughs> i have no idea. i mean it's 
it's a vague tie-in to saving Mr. Banks. There's there's two things that have come through recently that I just have been floored by, and the, you know the first one was the turkey leg air freshener. <laughs> well, now that uh, I just saw the other day, either I don't know if it's out now or coming up, there are now um, a series of magnets, 3D realistic food magnets that they're coming out with, and one of them is yeah. a turkey leg. Yeah, I saw that. That you know that one makes more sense than, than smelling having your car smell like a turkey leg. Yeah. I mean that's that's slightly gross. Yeah, it it really is. Next to the Rapunzel bathroom scented air see, freshener. Gosh darn it! I was gonna say that, <laughs> and I chose not to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, literally that bathroom. I had chosen that exact. I had formulated that in my head, and I tossed it away. And you came up with it. And at I, last, I smell the light. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> And now I have a mustache. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I have no urge to buy a, a Walt Disney mustache. No, I don't think anybody does. Yeah, it's just, just, uh, just killing me. Uh, so uh, that was bizarre. And another thing that kind of came out of nowhere that has a lot of people baffled, uh, though I personally think is a good thing, are the changes to the disability access policies in the parks. I have a fair amount of listeners who are blind Mm-hmm. and that I deal with on a regular basis, and they could not be happier about this. Yeah, I, I think the the there's one particular community of, uh, I guess, uh, uh, parents and, and autistic people, parents of autistic people, uh, that are really uh, outspoken saying this new system does not work for their needs, but it seems like everybody else is is fond of it. Yeah, the uh, the autistic community I've noticed uh, as of late on Facebook and stuff has become really vocal yeah. about a lot of things, a lot of topics. So it does not surprise me that they would also be upset about this one. Um, the changes being that previously there was a, a very much abused system for years now, the, the guest assistance card, where you basically could go to guest relations, say, hey, I can't stand in lines I don't have to tell you why. Give me one of these cards. And they couldn't really ask why other than a few little questions. Can you do this? Can you do that? But for the most part, it was like, here's a card. Now you can skip all the lines. And it was obviously uh, abused for that reason. Uh, and so now it works almost more like a fast pass system. You go up to uh, you get a special DAS card as it is now. Uh, and, and, and you go up to an attraction, say, hey, I can't stand in this line for whatever reason, you know, a disability issue. And uh, they'll give you a return time saying, hey the standby line is 45 minutes come back in 45 minutes go do whatever you want in the meantime right and that that is perfect because what it gets rid of is all of the teenagers who just rent a wheelchair right and skip the lines right or or more uh recently come to light in the media was this terrible uh situation of people who were genuinely disabled renting out their services by letting families accompany them in the parks in order to skip the lines do you think that's that was part of it it was definitely part of it okay yeah i mean meg crofton uh who you know formerly just uh, head of walt disney world now head of almost everything in the parks um it it came out with a letter spelling out we are making these changes because of the abuse that came to light recently oh yeah meg crofton i i loved her in hercules (laughs) different meg same attitude no um (laughs) but uh yeah you know it it does have it, it disney did say if there are 
you know, extreme circumstances, if they're always accommodating. If for some reason this doesn't work for you and your family, go to guest relations. You'll be able to work something out. But for most people who need some assistance in the parks, I think this is a good way to do it. Yeah, like I said, everybody that I have talked to, I have not come across a single person so far that has said, I don't like this and who legitimately needed it. Right. It's just the people who got used to being able to skip every line all the time, you know, unnecessarily. It it just became part of their world to to cheat the system. Speaking of which, The Little Mermaid 3D on (laughs) Blu-ray. See, I had to put in a bad segue. Yeah, that was really bad. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, So The Little Mermaid was supposed to come out in theaters in 3D, but then some other converted movies... You know, The Lion King did very well when it came out converted in 3D. Then other ones, not so much. So then Disney was like, yeah, we'll just put this on Blu-ray. Yeah, which, you know, Calvin having a 3D TV in his bedroom makes the fact that these movies are coming out in 3D on Blu-ray okay with me. Yeah. Because we can get them and watch them at home and it's it's not $4,000 to watch them. Right. And so you you know what the next question is. Yes. And the answer? No. <laughs> uh, uh, so the Little Mermaid 3D it does look, it looks good in 3D. Um, uh, you know, I was surprised when I put this Blu-ray in how dated the Little Mermaid looks. I guess I haven't watched it in a really long time and the animation is really rough. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's a long time ago. It is. I mean, it's, it, what was it, 89, I think? Yeah. And, and and it shows. Yeah. I mean, even Aladdin, which is just a few years later, looks a lot better. Yeah, this I don't know why this one looks this way. It just it always has. Yeah, it's 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 fuzzy. I mean, it's under the water, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Right. Uh, but it been three. I mean, the 3D works well. It doesn't it's not just sort of the Viewmaster effect where it's like these flat, you know, 2D layers. It actually blends quite well. The water element helps a lot. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a nice presentation of it. I don't know. I like the Viewmaster take on it when they do that. I think that's that's fun. It It can work. You know, Philhar Magic does that very well in the Lion King sequence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I love that sequence. Yeah, that's very, very cool. But yeah, you know, this is so depressing as we're walking through this list of movies. I'm I'm finding that I I thought I was doing good. We we will we will end with one you have definitely seen. Well, yes. So we'll get there. Uh, So you have have you seen Avatar? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. However, I did not see it on its initial release. Mm-hmm. It, it had to come back out again for me to go see it. I, I, I did see it once. Uh, didn't really have any desire to see it again. And now, finally, uh, of all places, at the D23 Expo Japan, the first time they've ever done one of those, uh, they released a, a tremendous, um, well, what seemed like a tremendous amount of details about Avatar. And then when you kind of dove into it, it they didn't really see much, say much of anything. It was released on a Friday night, our time, yeah. at like midnight, yeah. and on, you know, while everybody else was out at the bar or something. It was really weird how they announced it. Right. And I guess they're appealing to the Japanese audience because they realized every, everyone in the United States is going, we don't care about Avatar. You know, I actually, I, you know, like I said, I didn't go see it the first time. I went and saw it several times 
in its re-release. I actually liked the movie. Here, here's what happened with Avatar Land or Pandora or whatever it's going to be called for me. Uh, the initial announcement came out of nowhere, obviously, and I, I thought the movie was visually phenomenal, especially in 3D. Uh, the story was nothing special or new, but I came out with like, yeah, that was decent. Uh, as far as the announcement of the, the land for Animal Kingdom, uh, I was thinking, well... Uh, you know everyone kind of had the same reaction like really uh, okay but at the expo in anaheim in august as i said earlier they had sort of a teaser little area they had set up this uh, cubicle or desk area or whatever as if the imagineers had taken a research trip to pandora uh and and learned about the navi and all the foliage and animals and whatever and so the imagineers that were there were playing into this story uh, uh, after seeing all of that and talking to them and most importantly, seeing the genuine excitement level from the Imagineers who were there, I, I am actually kind of excited about it. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be good. I, I saw the stuff that you put up on your site about, uh, you know, the concept art and stuff like that. And right. It, 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 I think it's going to be fine. It's going to be gorgeous. It's going to yeah. be a great Disney experience and it's going to be one that you can walk into and not care that it's avatar. It's just going to be something. Right. It's, and, and, and I have this funny feeling it's going to be huge. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And, and on top of that, I mean, Animal Kingdom, everyone's always been saying since it opened, it's like a half day park because, you know, nighttime animals go to sleep. The park, is barely even open at night now with the courtesy of the avatar project animal kingdom is going to turn into a nighttime park yeah yeah and that, and that's a good thing that's uh you know because they can't run like fireworks and stuff out at uh, animal kingdom because it scares the animals but they are going to have this they're going to have live music and and sort of a, a festival the tree of life is going to glow they're going to have some sort of lagoon show thing i, I mean they weren't real specific about what it is but it's going to be something right and and so it's going to give people a reason to stay yeah. over there, which yeah. is good. That is very good. And then there apparently, according, I mean, they didn't really specifically say it, but there's going to be some kind of a boat ride for Avatar, uh, which is very interesting because it's been a long time since Disney made a new boat ride. Yeah, it, it the concept art kind of looked like uh, the Blue Bayou. Sequence. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. But in the yeah. world of, of Pandora, which I think that's a, a good idea. You know, and I, uh, I, uh, everybody loves the slow moving Disney boat ride attraction. So yeah. that, that's I, great. I, I've been a fan of Pandora for a number of years. I listen to their radio <laughs> station all the time. And uh, and so I'm looking forward to actually going there at some point. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. So that's that is, you know, every time this comes out the whole world explode like not even just disney fans like all the movie sites and the entertainment everybody's like oh avatar this that and the other thing so it it there is something there even if people aren't directly a fan of avatar they know it it is something that everybody knows what it is and that connection is is enough i guess i want to see how they're going to do 12 foot tall blue people yeah yeah and if if the the dragon that made a one night appearance last year uh makes a return Dragon, dragon, not a lizard. He doesn't do that tongue thing. <laughs> um, also overseas, Iron Man, first Marvel attraction going to Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, that that should be good. I I do not find myself in Hong Kong all that often. No, me neither. So I can't get all that excited about it. However, I would like to go out in that area. Cal Calvin and I are talking for maybe for my 50th birthday, which is not all that far off. 
um, to going to Japan. Mm-hmm. And when you're over in Japan, it's just a puddle jump. Yeah, well, that's that's what I've always been thinking. I'm like, oh, I really want to go to Tokyo Disney Sea, and I'm like, well, if I'm going to do that, then I might as well go to Hong Kong. And then if I'm going to do that, maybe I'll wait till Shanghai is open. And right, you know, and 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 it, we're talking about going out there for a month. Yeah. So we would be able to go across, uh, you know, pop over and kind of pull in some of the culture from Hong Kong, right? And see Hong Kong Disneyland. And you're right, Shanghai. Yeah, yeah, and uh, this Iron Man thing, uh, you know, everybody was really excited when they first heard Iron Man experience coming to Hong Kong, and then the, uh, you kind of whittle it down, and you're like, oh, it's it's Marvel Star Tours. Yeah, which, you know, is fine. I mean, because I like Body Wars. Right, yes. I mean, it's it's. I'm sure it will be cool, but it's, you know, every, I think everyone was expecting more, and I'm sure more is on the way. This is just, you know, step one of Marvel in the parks. Right. Yeah, it's it's just, you know, they're they're trying to and the thing I like about it is is that it's unique. And and I don't mean that the technology is unique, but that as far as I know, they're not planning on putting the Iron Man experience in the United States. Right. right. So it'll be something to go see someplace else. You know, cuz yeah. that that whole put it in both coasts thing irritates the living crud out of me. <laughs> So yeah. seeing something new over there that I just absolutely cannot see, like going right. and doing the Tower of Terror in, in Tokyo. Or, or uh, you know, Mystic Manor is one of those things I would love to have here, but it is really cool that it's just in one place. Absolutely. Yeah. So putting this Iron Man experience out there, you know, it'll it'll be great. It, it really will. It'll be fun. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, I think Marvel has, I mean, it's obviously huge at the box office. It's going to have a, a big presence in the parks as the years go on. It's on the cruise line now, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but it's also on TV. Yes. And, and did I mention that I don't watch TV? You did. Uh, okay, and, and good. I kind of wish I didn't either. Okay. Well, I saw the agents of shield. <laughs> okay. The, I saw the the preview because I was at D23 Expo. Oh, okay. See, I missed I missed that at the expo. Yeah. See, that was that was one of the two things that I did. It was the only time that I was in the arena was okay. for this one. So what did you think of they what they showed the whole first episode, right? Yes. And I thought it was good. Uh it you know, it it wasn't superhero-y right. like I thought it was going to be and and again my friend Jeff here uh, that lives with us uh, has been watching this and he's been kind of disappointed yeah, that, uh, with how this has gone. Kind of everybody's reaction. It's been really up and down. Like there's been a, a few episodes that are like, oh, this has, this is great. This has so much promise. I can't wait till next week. And then the next week comes and you're like, oh, that was bad. They spent all the money on last week. Yeah, kind of. And, and it, it, the, it we're kind of in a winter break right now, and, and it left on a, a cliffhanger. And it, the, the cliffhanger episode was quite good because it it's, you know, and I, I don't want to spoil anything, but the, the, the main character of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is Agent Coulson. And, you know, if you've seen the Avengers, you know what happened with Agent Coulson. And he's now in a show. And that part, that much has not been explained yet. And it's kind of what everybody's been waiting for. Yeah. When, when they came out on stage, guy walked out and he said, Hey, we're going to do the agents of shield, blah, blah, blah. And you know, there's a little secret. I, you know, I'm sure that it's, it's just something that some of you know, and he turned around and he had a shirt that said Colson lives mm. and which I, I, I'm thinking that happened at uh, Comic-Con too, right? Um, I, there were, yes, there were, they showed the whole, uh, episode at, at Comic-Con with the stars there. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I think they had the Colson live shirt 
out yeah. there too. Um, so it wasn't a big surprise to right. anybody, but for, you know, for somebody, you know, that like me, that doesn't do comic books, you know, that isn't a big Marvel fan and whatever, I was looking at this and I was going, okay, <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's all right. Uh, I don't think that I will watch another episode. No. I, well, every episode, I think I don't really want to watch any more of this and I just keep watching it for some reason. Yeah. It's, you know, and that's I think, fine. I, I think I'm waiting for the big reveal as to, you know, at the end of this season, hopefully they're finally going to say why, how is Coulson back? How is he alive? And, uh, once that happens, it may be like, okay, I get it. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why yeah. they're stretching it out. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. The entire first season is just a dream and he's not really alive. Could be. Yep. And JR was never shot. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, yeah, I have no, no segue here whatsoever. Glow with the show in Florida. Yeah. How's uh, that? There it is. Uh, so <laughs> glow with, what, uh, do you have glow with the show ears? I do. I, I was, uh, you know, invited to come out to the park and to, uh, t- to witness the glow with the show for, uh, world of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it. And, um, and then, so that was the original one. And they gave us all ears, and then they've done it a couple of different times. They've done it for Fantasmic, I think, and they're doing a small section of it now for the fireworks. And so it it doesn't surprise me that it's made it out to Florida now. The the way I see it, it's I mean, when you go out there now, you don't see very many of them. No, it's you it's, do not. You know, World of Color debut. The whole audience was given all of them, and it looked fantastic. And now you go to an average night of World of Color, and you see like four of them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, on, on average ten. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, and and so I have a feeling they had a whole lot of them that they made, and they were like, "Let's ship them to Florida and see what happens." And uh, they work with uh, the fireworks out here, and the and the castle projection show, which is really obnoxiously uh, distracting. Um, the the um, dancing lights over at Hollywood Studios for Christmas. Oh, the Osborne family spectacle yeah. with dancing lights. Yeah, trademark. Right. Works works pretty well for that. Um, but, uh, you know, overall, I haven't I, I think it actually has caught on a little bit more out here than it did in California. But uh, we don't have the repeat visitors that you do out there. I think they were hoping people would buy them and continue to bring them back. And they're kind of clunky and you don't want to carry them around all day. So now they're counting on tourists to just simply buy them, use them and go away. Yeah. What do, what do you mean by kind of clunky? They weigh 50 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're weird. The, my, the biggest complaint I have with them is that you buy them and you can't enjoy them because they're on your head. Right. So you, it's like, oh, I'm going to interact with the show. Uh, are they working? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somebody stand in front of me with the, with their own ears. And, then, and they solved that overseas in uh, Japan because they have not glow with the show ears, but they have wands. So there's these little Mickey heads on a stick that do the exact same thing, but you hold them in front of you. Oh, very nice. Or above and, your head or, you know, whatever. But And you can use those to beat the crud out of people wearing the ears in front of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of Glow with the Show in any way, shape, or form. I think it just is annoying. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, I don't go and do these things often enough that I'm really irritated by any of them. Um, you know, when I go out to, to see world of color, they haven't been distracting for me. Even if, even if the person's standing right in front of me, you know, it's just more light. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I, it's not too bad in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. You're like, I'll, yeah, you're entitled to your I'll, own stupid I'll send opinion. You mine, then. 
Okay, thanks. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, out here in Florida at the Grand Floridian, the latest uh, vacation club offering has opened this uh, recently. Yes, and have you been there? I was there for its opening and toured around and looked at it. It's, it's quite nice. It takes the grandness of the Grand Floridian and, and brings it down a little bit to give you that, you know, that welcome home flair that they like. Have you spent a night there yet, no, though? No. Okay. But I imagine it would be quite nice because the rooms that I walked through are elegant and uh, comfy and, and uh, everything you'd want out of a room. Okay, very good. Uh, especially the ginormous suites that they have. There's something that's, that's I don't remember the number, it sleeps like 15 people. or it, It's like 2,500 square feet. <laughs> it sleeps 15 people or Paul Berry and his ego. <laughs> uh yeah it's it's i mean it's 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 a house it's a house at the grand floor i mean welcome home quite literally if you stay there i like it yeah and how, how much is that per night oh, i don't even know i'm sure it's thousands oh okay well you'll have to get that for me next time i go out there then <laughs> right okay yeah thanks uh, so, uh, video games, uh, here's one I think we will share our opinion on, the uh, Mickey Mouse game Castle of Illusion. Did you play it? I did not. Yeah, me neither. Okay, good. I meant to. I think I told Calvin about it. Right. And this is an old game that yeah, they re-released. Yeah, they, it wasn't exactly like, this one's from Sega, and it's not like the DuckTales remastered where they literally just remade the game. This one, they sort of took the old concept and made a new game out of it. Oh, interesting. And and uh, I've heard it's good. Uh, I just it's just I just haven't gotten around to it. Well, stop right now and go play it. I'll wait. Okay. And we're back. Yep, I'm done. Okay. Beat the whole How game. was it? Uh, fantastic. <laughs> Wonderful. Amazing. Short yeah. though. Yeah, apparently. Oh Lord. Speaking of short, the Hogwarts Express is not exactly the world's longest train line. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, but it has shown up out here uh, in Orlando, uh, at Universal Orlando. It's it's there. You can't ride it yet, but it's there. You know, it's going to take people from... One theme one, park to another. Yeah, I was going to say, from, from uh, Islands of Illusion to... Uh to the other one <laughs> something like that yeah <laughs> uh the funniest thing about this is i mean yes obviously the wizarding world of harry potter has been hugely popular out here to the point where they're building one overseas they're building one in california then now they're expanding it out here in the other park uh and you're going to be able to take this hogwarts express train from one side of the wizarding world to the other combining the parks kind of disney monorail style um but the funny thing is there is a point in the parks where if they would just open the backstage doors, you can walk from one park to the other in like w less than a minute. Mm -hmm. But because that part is not open, the walk to get from one to the other, you have to go way out and around and it's a good 10 or 15 minute walk. Mm -hmm. And so thus the need for a train. Very nice. Now, uh, my question when I saw this was, it's great, but... What if you've bought a one-day, one-park ticket? They have yet to answer that question, but there do appear to be ticket booths springing up at the entrance of the train. Huh. So I think, as far as anyone can tell, you're going to be you're going to have to have a two-park ticket to ride this train. Don't quote me on that because they haven't said for sure, but that's what it looks like. Okay, tweeting. Ricky says, <laughs> will require right. two-park uh -huh. ticket. Okay, send. Perfect. All right. Thank yes. you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it, they, 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 the question has been asked of them many times, and they just simply haven't 
decided, I don't think. Yeah, that's it was an interesting quandary. I, w- I was I was thinking, well, if you get out on the other side, you're in the other part. Right. And well, I, I assume then it will be the equivalent of trying to get on the monorail at downtown Disney out there. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Um, so are they... Do you know what's going to happen when you ride this train? Uh, well, it's it's not going to be real windows, I can tell you that, because it's going through backstage areas, and it's actually elevated like 20, 30 feet off the ground, kind of mm-hmm. monorail style, so you're not going to see that, obviously, because okay. that, that wouldn't make any sense. That's what I was, uh, I was going to ask, is yeah. are they going to have big LCD screens? Probably. They, they, they haven't said specifically, but they, it will be a journey mirroring that which you have seen in the Harry Potter films. Okay. All right. That'll be fun. So, yeah, I think it'll be, I bet they'll have different things that happen every time you go on there, depending on which direction you're going in and whatever. You'll see the scenery and, you know, some Dementors will probably attack and who knows. I always love when the Dementors attack. Indeed. Yes. It's one of my favorite things. So you uh, you mentioned uh, the Hogwarts Express is uh, not a short train. Yes. But speaking of shorts. Oh, Lord. <laughs> this year, Ricky Briganti on bad pun or bad segues. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, last year, we were able to talk about Missing in the Mansion. Yes. The Dawes Brothers short film that I had uh, a small part in helping out with. Uh, this year, they have released a, a sequel of sorts. A follow-up is what they like to call it, uh, called Followed from the Mansion. Yes. Home Alone 3, Followed <laughs> from the Mansion. Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, I liked this. It was. It ended up being really cool. Unfortunately, it hasn't quite gone viral like the first one did. The first one got hundreds of thousands of views very quickly. I just looked before we were recording this, and this one only has 17,000 views so far. So everybody, go watch it now. Right now. We'll wait. <laughs> uh, it's great. They did a tremendous job with it. It's more of a... Tri- the, the first one was like a found footage, you know, Blair Witch kind of thing. Uh, uh, set in the park. This one's outside of the park. Still Haunted Mansion themed. Very much starring a very cool uh, hitchhiking ghost done in a tremendous CG work. Uh, the actor playing the ghost underneath the CG is uh, Jesse uh, Curdy, uh, Cordy, Curdy uh, uh, who was the voice of LeFou in Beauty and the Beast. Also... Uh, uh, did a voice for Frozen and has done Broadway work. Um, it's it's wonder it's awesome. I loved it. Very nice. Yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot. I I saw it and then I I showed it to Calvin and he was impressed and and the whole shot and you know this year uh, Window to the Magic did the um, Secrets of the Wooden Door two, which is a follow up to our show from I think it was seven years ago. Yeah, I couldn't believe it's been that long. Yeah. And we put this out and I was like, you know, hey, everyone, look, it's it's this. And then you put this out. And I went, really? (laughs) Well, this wasn't my thing. This was all about the Dawes brothers. I know. And they are awesome. They really are. I mean, the, the cinematography in that was fabulous. The lighting was great. The sound was good. I mean, just from a from my point of view, the technical yeah side of it was just beautiful and if you go to uh their the website for followed from the magic i think it's just followed from the magic.com you can download the uh, soundtrack to this short for free and it's it's haunted mansion inspired fully orchestrated it's beautiful wow i will have to uh go and check that out yeah it's like it's like uh, uh i think eight or nine music or uh, minutes worth of music it's great i like it yeah the um the 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 one we did, Secrets of the Wooden Door Two, was uh, basically the return of Patrick 
to uh, to window to the magic, and mm-hmm. people love that one. Um, but you know, Halloween shows for for you and I are, have always been fun things to do. Yes, and so the, the the fact that we've surrounded ourselves with creative individuals is uh, you know we really benefit from that, and these guys are great and, and deserve all of the the uh, accolades that they get. Yeah, they they were uh, uh, bummed that uh, you know they weren't tapped to direct uh, Saving Mr. Banks. <laughs> you know, I know they were in the running, right? Of course. Yes. Uh, someday, someday we will see the Dawes brothers up in the big Hollywood lights. Saving Mr. Banks too, right? Yes. Um, so, uh, speaking of Hollywood, over at uh, at Disney's Hollywood Studios, uh, they opened uh, something that is uh, trying very hard to be our version of the Carthay Circle Lounge. See, I, I went to the Brown Derby back in 1989, mm-hmm. and not the real one, the one in Hollywood Studios, uh, Disney MGM Studios at the time, right. and I, I was not impressed. No. I'm, and so I've been back uh, to, to Walt Disney World maybe 10 times since then, and I have not set foot in there. Yeah. Will this make me want to? Yes. Uh, in fact, it opened a couple of months ago. I finally, just last night, had a chance to uh, go in there. Uh, just, uh, I actually, uh, the last time I was at Hollywood Studios was the Friday the 13th thing in September, and then I went yesterday, which was also Friday the 13th. Oh, just, that's funny. Yeah, by coincidence. Uh, so I was there. I had a few, uh, some extra time to kill, and I was hungry. I was like, yes, Brown Derby Lounge. Uh, so it's it's some nice outdoor seating. Uh, it lacks the, um, you know, lovely ambiance that the Carthay Circle Lounge has in, out there. Um, it's just kind of some seating that was shoehorned into a walkway, and you don't really have much to look at. Uh, but... You go in there, you get to sit down. That's nice. Uh, it's comfortable. And uh, within uh, like five minutes, I had my uh, duck confit tacos that I had ordered, and they were amazing. Don't you love when you sit in these places and you're like, I'm in a theme park and I'm eating like twice cooked, yeah. you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all of the, especially the little tacos that they serve, the, yeah. the duck confit there and then the twice cooked beef ones. Uh, at Carthay Circle. They're really good. These are phenomenal. Some of the best food I've had in a long time out here. Um, they was It was 15 bucks uh, for three tacos. So $5 a taco. Sounds like a lot. I would have paid $5 for a single bite of one of those tacos. Yeah, they're they're very, very good. And yeah, they're, they're 15 bucks. And I think you get three or four of them here, too. It's a it's a small plates menu and they have a bar as well with a lot of, you know, specialty drinks and then whatever else you want to order. And it's just nice to have somewhere to, you know, sit down, relax, have some little food, little drink, little socializing. And uh, I think it's a great addition. You mentioned outside seating. Is there inside seating? A very small amount. I think they just kind of fit whatever they could into a, you know, dead area of the uh, the Brown Derby restaurant. Gotcha. Well, a, a better use of, of dead space uh, would be, you know, changing, say, a window on Main Street to honor a Disney legend. Not a window to the magic, but a window in the magic. Uh, a window of the magic? Sure. Uh, indeed. A, win- As, a window about the magic. There we go. Uh, earlier, we mentioned, of course, that would be none other than the uh, now Disney legend, Tony Baxter. Yes. And uh, they came out uh, and honored Tony. And uh, unfortunately, I was sitting at work (laughs) on this day. Uh, Everybody was asking me if I was there and and, and everything. And I was like, you know, I want nothing more than to be there to honor this man uh, for all of the wonderful stuff he's done 
but uh, apparently they had to go on without me. <laughs> and uh, and they they did. Everybody was out there. I mean, it was a who's who of what's what. It was. Uh, they didn't do a lot of uh, hoopla, to use that word again. Hoopla. Uh, at the, you know, not, no song and dance, that kind of thing. But it was definitely just a, a nice uh, tribute to somebody who has done a tremendous amount for the uh, for that that park and the parks in general and Disney and whatnot. Yes. And, and, and he, uh, he's definitely an interesting man to listen to, to, to listen to him talk about the processes of, uh, of creativity. And I've seen him both, uh, on Disney property and off of Disney property talking about all kinds of things. And, uh, and he's just, he's just interesting. Yeah. And so to have him, you know, finally get a window on main street, you know, especially after, you know, retiring and, and all that other stuff, everything is, is Everything is good, and and he's set to to kind of go away in a in a a happy fashion. Yeah, and the the you know they always get creative with what they put on the windows to honor them. And his his tagline at the end: "Imagination is at the heart of our creations." Straight out of you know a little twist on the the journey into imagination line. Yes, because uh, all being master of time, space, and dimension had already been taken. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, well-deserved there, uh, certainly between the Disney legend award, the main street window, and now I guess going off and doing whatever he feels like every day. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, I can't imagine that he's sitting at home watching Oprah. <laughs> no. Yeah. He's, he's gotta be doing something fun. So we'll, we'll figure it out and I'm sure we'll hear more from him in the, in the, the future as he uh, re- reimagines his, uh, his, his life. Yes, speaking of reimagining. <laughs> I I stuttered on that or it yeah. would have been a good segue. No, it still wouldn't have. The um see, you go on cruises almost as often as you come out to Disney. <laughs> I and- I it's been fortunate that over the last few years Disney launched two brand new cruise ships and relaunched a as you said, reimagined version of one of their older ships because otherwise I really didn't have a desire to go on Disney Cruise Line. You know, really, one of their older ships. What are they? Five, seven? How, how old are they now? Uh, no, it's older than that. I, you know, let me see. I don't remember exactly when the Disney Magic launched, but I'm sure Google will tell me that very shortly. This is the one with the fifteen years. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that is old. So, uh, yeah, because it was the original. the The Wonder came after the Magic. So, so the Magic was the original. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. I believe. I think. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, it was. If not, Ricky no, it was. is inside the magic.net. <laughs> it was. Uh, 15 years ago was the magic. So it was, I mean, after you look at the Disney dream, the Disney fantasy, and they are amazing. Top of the line cruise ships with incredible entertainment opportunities and food and all of that and this and that. And then you look at the older Disney ships and they're they're nice, but they're not the dream and fantasy. And if you had the choice, you know, everyone was like, yes, I want the new ones, of course. Uh, so they needed to really go back to this and, uh, and give it a sprucing up. And, uh, they did, uh, a pretty, pretty good job with it. Now I, I have seen this word ever since, uh, they announced it. And I've thought that this was a spelling error, <laughs> um, because in, in one of the other ships, they have the aqua duck, do they not? On the dream and the fantasy. Okay, but on this one, they have the Aqua Dunk. Correct. And when they announced that, uh, yeah, the same thing happened. Like, autocorrect was was not my friend at that point. And uh, yes, the response, I was like, hey, isn't that a typo? And, and no, it's a different thing. 
What is it? So they've decided to run with this idea of Huey, Dewey, and Louie um, sort of creating these water attractions, water-based attractions on these ships. So they started with the aqueduct on the Disney Dream, where it's this you know big slide that goes around the perimeter of the ship. Uh, they expanded on that with the fantasy with not only the aqueduct, but the aqua lab as well, which is a water play area. Now it's the Aqua Dunk, which is uh, they didn't have room to create something such as so big and elaborate as the Aqua Duck on this smaller ship. So it's a uh, thing you go up into the smokestack of the ship, step out basically over the water, practically uh, get into this little. I don't. The only way, best way I can describe it is a vertical coffin. Uh, and it's completely clear around you. You have a fantastic view of the ocean. And then Huey, Dewey, and Louie count down three, two, one, and the floor beneath you disappears, and you dunk, you drop, and fall, and then go out and twist around, and you're done seven seconds later. Pull the lever, crunk! That's exactly the joke that everybody made after I put up the video of it. Wrong lever! Yeah. <laughs> uh so it it is i mean i didn't i thought it would be cool but the first time i dropped down that i was just like where did my stomach just go oh really it was like feeling fine this is cool (laughs) (laughs) so it's the aqua puke well uh, not uh, i don't know i didn't but yeah it's it's thrilling i can say that it is quick it's over very fast and all of it and you're like what just happened well, okay, that'll be something else that I probably won't do if I go on it because I'm I'm always scared with those like water roller coasters and mm-hmm. things. Being a guy of size, I'm always afraid that I'm going to get to the bottom of one of those things. And it's not going to be able to push me back up the <laughs> other size. And and so going down this thing, I'd be afraid that I get like stuck in the tube or something. Well, there are definitely some restrictions on height and weight and that sort of thing. So yeah, that's very very possible. Now, didn't you say that the um, that Marvel is on the ship now? This was, yeah, this was the biggest thing because, you know, we talked about Hong Kong. That's still a while away. Uh, this is the first permanent installation of a Marvel something uh, that Disney has done. I mean, there's there's things in uh, California. There's the Iron Man Hall of Armor and something else that we'll get to in just a little bit. But this is the first uh, a permanent thing, and it's the Avengers Academy in their kids' area, the Oceaneer Club. And it is it is really, really cool. It's something that I wish was open to adults. Really? So it is just for kids? There's a brief open house period when you first get on the ship where you get to tour the kids' area. And that's the only time adults get to see it. Other than that, it is an experience, a multi-day program where you go in, you uh, become uh, accepted as an uh, an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. You walk through a scanner, you get an ID card, uh, you go through some training uh, things, you do the same sort of uh, uh, Iron Man virtual experience that's at Disneyland where you can suit up and all of that. And uh, ultimately you meet Captain America and he walks you through uh this whole training regiment to make you an honorary agent of shield i like it it's really 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 cool the area i mean it's only a part of this whole oceaneer club which all of it looks fantastic but it's definitely the highlight because when you step into this room it's just one big room you're in like a shield headquarters and there's the iron man suit behind glass and there's thor's hammer behind glass and captain america's shield and of course they say these aren't their real ones they're just training versions of them because they have their <laughs> real ones and so you just stole my question i was gonna be like wait thor's hammer what's what's he doing right 
yeah. so but it's it, you know and then and then uh, when you go through the uh, scanner they sort you kind of like Harry Potter sorting hat style into different groups one for each of the different Avengers and when that happens all the lights go crazy and change colors and they come up on the big screen and you know it turns green for the Hulk and all of that it's it's pretty neat you get to live yeah yeah so uh yeah that's that's a pretty awesome thing that's only on the magic uh for now and uh, also there's a new dinner show called drawn to magic that's basically a dinner side version of world of color you realize how close they're getting to inside the magic and window <laughs> to the magic with every i mean yeah, yeah they hit the pin set i but... was able to say when i was on board the disney magic that i was finally inside the magic i like it I like it. Uh, the, the animator's palette. This is the one that that starts out uh, black and white and then turns colors. Yes, right? uh, and they have improved upon that experience where it still does that transition, but now there's all these HD screens around the uh, um, restaurant, and they're going through the different phases of animation. So it starts very simply with sketches being drawn, and then it moves into uh, ink and paint, and then it starts to sort of roughly come alive in animation, and then. The finale is this, the lights dim, and it's this 10 or so minute, the best I can describe it as is it's something similar to World of Color, but on these screens and with all of these lighting effects throughout the restaurant, and it just comes alive and shows you all these clips from Disney going through, you know, different emotions, exciting action, sad, etc., and then there's a big, you know, character grand finale. Wow. I, you know, I, I really want to go on one of these Disney cruises. And, I, and and unfortunately, I think I have to go on four in uh, order to see each of the ships. Right. right. Well, I, you know, even though the magic got all these great upgrades, I, I still wouldn't recommend it over the dream and the fantasy just because they are bigger and grander and that much more. But the magic still does give a really fantastic experience. And uh, the wonder unofficially should be getting the same sort of makeover next year. Now, see, here's here's the way I look at this, though. If I go on these cruise lines, I'm going to start with the magic. That's a good idea. Because it's kind of like, you know, like with Cirque du Soleil going and seeing O first and then going and seeing, you know, Mystere afterwards. You're like, really? That second one was kind of disappointing. I have never seen a Cirque du Soleil show. Well, O is the big fabulous one with the water and the whole shot. And then Mystere was the first one in Vegas. Okay. And so, you know, it's, it's meager by right. O standards. So so I would go on to the magic first well, and right have now, a great time. Right now you would go on the wonder first. Uh oh that's a good point. Yeah. But oh. when when they upgrade that one, I have a feeling they'll learn from so this, this is kind of the weird cycle of things. It's like the magic was the first ship and they learned from that and built the wonder, and then they really went all out for the dream, learned for that, built the fantasy, and now what they learned from the dream and fantasy, they've circled back to the magic to improve that and now they're going to take from that and improve the wonder. Yeah. See, so I am going to have to start with these smaller ships first. Yeah. And uh and go that way. So yeah, I'm going to have to go on four cruises. <clears throat> so I'm going to be out in your area, apparently. <laughs> you know, and, and the, the prices are actually not that bad for the shorter cruises. And it's half price for me now. So um, the, um, yeah, the cruises, the, these are a good thing. I, I think I will look into these here in the next couple of years. You should. Yeah. So uh, uh, while the cruises are uh, really excellent, unique experiences, something particularly baffling and unique happened at Disneyland recently. Yes, 
The grumpiest kingdom just got grumpier. Yeah, the the social media all-stars kickoff of the Disney side uh, thing. Yeah. Did, did you see my tweet the other day? Totally, it's related to this, but did you see my tweet where I showed P.L. Travers from Saving Mr. Banks and I said, uh, the, the, uh, the real grumpy cat... 1960s edition <laughs> i did not but that that is perfect <laughs> yes um yeah so yeah grumpy cat came out to disneyland he took a vacation yeah that was uh a very cool everybody loves grumpy cat huge on the internet obviously um mm-hmm. and and pe- guests got to come out meet grumpy cat uh briefly it was uh rather he was rather uh, she actually grumpy cat is a girl right uh and and uh got to meet her uh, a limited number of guests because you know it's a cat you can't have her out in the sun all day um, you know, God forbid an animal is out in the sun. Right. Yeah. You don't want them outside. There's fresh air. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, they made this whole big deal out of not only Grumpy Cat, but these other quote unquote all stars from the Internet. Right. Yeah. The the phenomenon of the week. Do, 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 do. Phenomenon. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, it was the, all of these like um, viral internet like youtube e-liberties right yeah it'd be like if disney said the disney uh podcasters are going to come out to disneyland it's kind of like on on you know kind of on that level yeah pretty much i had i had literally never heard of any of these except for grumpy cat and the ridiculously photogenic guy yeah i mean you know i mean that guy just came out of one photo right that went viral and and everybody because what is it they cut his face into other All things, the, yeah. Other pictures, yeah. Yeah, yeah see, it, it, you know, it, it. like I said with the inviting the podcasters out, everybody would go, why are you doing this? Right. And that's exactly what we said with the Grumpy Cat and the social media. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, the, the premise behind all of this was to launch this Disney side campaign, which is going to carry over until the next year, uh, this this notion of showing your inner Disney-ness. Or something. Ness, ness, ness. Are they still doing the Disney side thing? I haven't heard it. Since. Yeah, yeah. Really? It's they're they're starting to run TV commercials for it, showing ordinary people doing ordinary things, but Disneyfying it. TV commercials. Mm, that's why I don't know about it. <laughs> right. I, it'll probably ramp up once the new year shows up. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, it's uh, and, and I mean the other side of this, of course, is is this notion of Disney bounding, which started from this one girl's blog online, uh, where it's been people using Disney character costumes as inspiration for their everyday apparel, not dressing as those characters, but sort of in the spirit of those characters, similar colors and fashions and that kind of thing. And uh, in Disney fashion, they said, "Hey, that's a great idea. We're going to steal it and call it something else." Right. Yeah. Like I, I participate in that. I walk around with huge yellow shoes. <laughs> right. There you go. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Grumpy Cat, everybody, you know, it, it produced a tremendously popular uh, photo of him, uh, her with Grumpy the Dwarf, as well as a short video, uh, which naturally went viral and got millions of views. I saw the picture of grumpy cat and grumpy however and and that was where i got the just got grumpier right from um but i didn't see grumpy cat at first oh and yeah so I, it just kind of tucked away in the corner there yeah yeah so i was reading it and it was like the, you know the, the magic kingdom just got grumpier and i'm like oh okay there's grumpy oh grumpy cat <laughs> right <laughs> and i was like wow just kind of faded into the background yeah there. And, and i'm sure grumpy cat will do just that over the next year or so yeah probably as as those trends but yeah whatever so do, do you uh 
Do you show your Disney side? I, you know, n- not in public because I don't want to get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of moving. Speaking of movies. Yes. A, a moving picture that I didn't see. Did you see the first Thor? No. Have you seen any of the Marvel movies? Um, I am told that I saw one of the Iron Mans, but, uh, but I, I basically what I had intended to do this year was to watch the first two Iron Man so that I could watch the third one. Right. Never ended up doing that. And so since I hadn't seen the first Thor, I didn't see the second one. Right. Which, uh, so uh, my way of getting into all of this was the Avengers was coming out and Disney had bought Marvel and it was hugely anticipated and at that point i had not seen a single marvel movie i was like okay all right i gotta sit down and watch all these other movies before seeing the avengers or i'm gonna have no idea what's going on right so i did that and i was like it was a mixed bag some were really good i really enjoyed iron man other ones were not so good like the first thor i really was eh, it's not that great okay uh thor and the avengers was good i enjoyed him more there than in the in the movie so then comes now thor 2 thor the dark world thor the return of loki basically um and uh the movie was a lot better than the first one uh really it should just be called loki because that's all anybody wants to see okay and and uh the way thor 2 ended uh, uh certainly opens the door potentially maybe possibly for more loki loki kind of a you know hard to say they're going to make a Loki movie now called Loki. It's Loki. <laughs> That's awful. I know. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I thought about that before I said it. And I still said it. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> and that was to everybody out there, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, so, the, yeah, I, I don't really have anything else to say about Thor of the Dark World. It's there. It's it's good. It was better than the first one. It See, and, and something that I could also describe as good, but not better than the first one, in my opinion, would be the Christmas overlay of Jungle Cruise. Have you been on it yet? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. The, the problem with the Jingle Cruise, as they're calling it. You is thought the, my puns were bad. Yeah. They hyped it so much. They shouldn't have. They shouldn't. This is one of those things they shouldn't have mentioned at all. Correct. It should have just appeared and people would have been discovering it and thought it was really fun and different. And no, they hyped beyond hype and everyone got it to the point where this is going to be like a Haunted Mansion holiday style overlay. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being a almost no overlay. Yeah, I I went to... uh to the park i recorded the q loop some of it i went on the ride and i shared it with my listeners and i got crickets back yeah yeah well so they had said it's going to be the story being the skippers you know stationed forever in this never-ending jungle cruise decided they wanted to celebrate christmas because they were missing home so they brought a little christmas to the jungle cruise by decorating uh new as you said new audio in the queue with some you know new jokes and radio broadcasts that kind of stuff and obviously christmas music definitely some decorations throughout the queue not a lot but some and then you get on the ride and you get a couple of jokes yeah yeah it's it it was not uh not anywhere near what i thought it was going to be no that the the jokes on the the uh, the background music loop are are fabulous i can't remember there's one where he's he's giving his name out you know and he's like you're listening to you know radio harambe or whatever you know with um 
you know, with Johnny Steele, that's Steele with no L. <laughs> and I didn't get it at first. And then finally I realized it's a, it's a, it's another Christmas joke. He's saying Noel. Right. And I'm like, oh my Lord, that was subtle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, and so I, I would enjoy going and sitting next to the speaker and listening to the music loop and then just walking out of line. Right. They should have put like an old timey radio out front and with some benches nearby and just let you curl up around that and eat a Dole Whip and enjoy. Yes, they should have. And I won't tell you why. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, just weird. I like the fact that they're doing additional overlays in the park. I'm not knocking this per se. Right. Um, I'm just saying that I know that they could have been a lot more creative and I think it was just that it was, um, this was probably last minute. Well, uh, so there's two things here. One is just within the last few days, they did add a little bit more to Disneyland's version, from what I understand. The gorilla scene has uh, a little Christmassy to it now. Oh, some, really? Some expl- you know, packages that got ripped through, and one of the gorillas is wearing a, a Santa hat. Oh. So that's a little something. Um, okay. Goes more akin with, we, earlier we talked about the Jingle Cruise poster, and this was also a big source of hype for this. It was a it's a great poster. It's the classic Jungle Cruise poster made over into red and green and has, you know, hippos and wearing a Santa hat. And, and you know, that's what sort of set the expectations. Now, but does the actual Jungle Cruise have a hippo wearing a Santa's hat? No. No. Why uh, would you put that on the right. poster? Well, and, the, and, and the poster has a has a Frosty the Snowman and it has the skipper pointing a candy cane at the hippo instead of a gun and, you know, funny stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the other part of this, from what I ha- understand, this concept was pitched years ago. Never really took hold until a mere couple of months ago where they were like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Right. So. Yeah. Like I said, last minute. Right. And and just, you know, just because the concept was pitched years ago doesn't mean that they just did it. You know, they didn't do it last minute. Right. I think that if they bring this back next year, it'll be much better. I agree. Yeah. And, I, and I'm excited to see or, it. If or they if they bring it back next year, it'll be Disneyland only. Well, we could hope. Because, <laughs> you know, we don't get holiday overlays out here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, and speaking of things that uh, people don't get. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, I, I, just on a personal note here, this is, I, I haven't really mentioned it much since I uh, retired this a couple of weeks ago, but I've been doing a, a video version of this podcast. Uh for a few years now, a couple of years now, and I've decided uh, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. What was it? Um, I loved the comment that you got, and you probably know which one I'm talking about now, but they said that your show without the video version is like... They said it was like listening to a 1920s broadcast of the Hindenburg crashing. There you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, well... Thank you. Yes. <laughs> you know, they, 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 so they don't get the idea that the show started audio only? Is, it, that, is that the point? Inside the magic, all the humanity. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, apparently not. Uh, there, uh, the, the real root of this is, I, you know, I didn't really mind so much making the video version if there were a lot of people enjoying it. And there were, but the size of the, the number of people watching versus the number of people listening, there was a huge disconnect there. 
See, what you guys got to realize is that Ricky is getting up into popularity, like up to Disney level. <laughs> and so if he doesn't have 300,000 viewers of this uh, video. Not quite there. But I mean, it, there were a few thousand every week and the amount of, you know, we're extra work that it requires to make a video podcast versus an audio is, you know, 10 times more work or something. So whatever. Yeah. Right. You yeah. wanted more time to go out and, and take cruises and go to Disneyland and. Or just sleep. Sleep. Yeah. I recently discovered that was a thing. Oh yeah. I can't sleep. Must podcast. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so you mentioned uh, Olaf earlier in uh, out there. You, have you seen Olaf uh, on the frozen meet and greet? I was going to say Olaf what? No. Um, I, f- frozen meet and greets. Uh, at, you're talking about the one at uh, Fantasy Fair? No, Olaf the other reindeer. <laughs> Olaf the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. <laughs> I, um, I have not been into Disneyland far enough to have uh, have seen the thing at Princess Fantasy Fair, assuming that's what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I, it's in Fantasyland somewhere. The yeah, but I you know I haven't I haven't met and greeted with that doesn't work in the past tense very well. Met and greet, <laughs> meted and greeted. Um, yes. uh, them the characters from Frozen over at uh, Norway yet because since the movie came out the wait times to meet Anna and Elsa have been like two to three hours. Ah, very nice. And, so, and if if they bring Olaf out there and give him his own line, that'll be even longer. Yeah. Uh, well, fortunately, out in California, I guess you just walk up, you see Olaf up on the uh, on the rooftop, on the housetop, if you want to go Christmassy about it. And uh, he's there in a Figaro kind of animatronic way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's a little thing. It's a plus. They didn't have to do it. It's right. a good thing. But uh, yeah, that that is a plus. Uh, speaking of of pluses and minuses, as a result, out here at uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios, uh, the little shop Sid Cuenga's, where they sold uh, quirky old items and collectibles from Hollywood and all of that, is now a My Magic Plus kiosk station. Yes, Sid Cuenga's, uh, a one of a kind shop, has closed its doors to be replaced by another money making opportunity for the Disney Company. Yeah, you said it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I, m- my understanding, and I, do we have this covered later on? But is that that there's a lot of stuff that my Magic Plus is messing with in the way of like delaying projects and things. Uh, yeah, there's there's a uh, a website out there that reported on a you know a lot of projects that are in the works for the next few years, and then reported on the fact that those projects were either on hold or canceled as a result of My Magic Plus not going as well as planned and taking longer. I'm not sure I buy into all of that. All right, fair enough. I I think it's just the course of normal everyday business. You have. All these projects, you work on what you can when you can, and if one thing's taking a little longer, you shuffle things around. It's not like, you know, you can necessarily blame one thing for the complete, utter destruction of everything cool that's ever going to happen. Well, you can. Well, right. <laughs> I think it's more like, yes, My Magic Plus is behind schedule. They were supposed to have rolled out all of that, if not by now, but within the next couple of weeks, it seems like it's still uh, maybe a few months away. And as a result, perhaps some of the other stuff isn't going to happen 
quite as quickly. But in the grand scheme of things, when you're talking about, say, Star Wars, that I guarantee Disney's going to be working on their concepts for that for the next, you know, two, three, four years. What's right. a few months? Yeah, that's true. I, I, you know, I was originally upset that Sid Coenas had gone away. Uh, when I heard about this and then I realized that I've been in there five or six times and I've never bought anything. Right. Yeah, I never have either. I always I, I walk through, I browse, I'm like, hey, there's that cool four thousand dollar autograph of something. Yeah, I'm not buying that. Right. And and so, you know, as I look at these things, I do have to temper it with that. Right. Yeah. And and they still sell those things. They're just in the uh, AFI store at the end of the backlot tour. If I was king of the forest. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so at least you had the right park there with great movie how, ride and all. I was going to say, how often do you get to work a Wizard of Oz song into the ear in review? I mean, come on. Pretty sure we talked about Oz the Great and Powerful last time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so while we're talking about things that are going away, uh, the Walt Disney Classics Collection, long running line of great Disney collectibles has gotten the axe. For Disney fans who have too much money, the Walt Disney Collectors Club provides a way for them to spend their money. But at least the stuff was nice. It was beautiful. Yeah. And, and it used to be, f I mean, the parks would be full of these things. You go into, you know, Disney on, on Main Street or out here at the Art of Disney stores, and there would just be curios everywhere with all these little hand-painted figurines of, of classic Disney characters and moments. And, they're, you know, they're great. And yeah, that's it. Done. As my friend Alice was so fond of saying, curiouser and curiouser. Yeah, these are getting worse. We must be uh, running long here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we mentioned Tomorrowland earlier uh, a bit with The Optimist. Uh, production continues on that film. Most interestingly, they shot in the Carousel of Progress in Tomorrowland out here. Uh, yeah, I saw that. They had all the people in the bad clothes. And, uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, do you, um, what, what, what do you think of that? What do you... I, I think this movie is very intriguing between there. You, I, I know you said you weren't there during the, the presentation at the D 23 expo, uh, Brad Bird and Damon Lindelof, the, uh, co directors, writers of this film were up on stage. Uh, and they, it was the most bizarre presentation. It was so uh, lofty and unspecific and confusing and on purpose. It was, you know, supposed to just make everyone go, what are we watching? Like opening this, this briefcase of supposed old artifacts that they found of Disney past of things that didn't ever really exist. And they played this Orson Welles style doom and gloom propaganda video. Uh, it was so bizarre. And it just it left everybody saying, I don't know what to make of this, but I want to see it. I'm all up for doom and gloom, so I think I think we're good. <laughs> Between what they showed there and the optimist, the I mean, they're trying to be very secretive about this, and it, it seems the premise of Tomorrowland is something about starting with the World's Fair that Disney was a big part of, and moving into you know Tomorrowland a little bit with the uh, Carousel of Progress, and then I guess you know it's a small world as well, and 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 great moments of Mr. Lincoln and all of that that was part of the World's Fair. Somewhere in all of that, there was some sort of secret project that was not only involving disney but all of the great thinkers of the of the history and somehow they are able to be existing in the same alternate reality for this utopian tomorrow land 
Yeah, I think I saw part of that. Uh, it was uh, the Siemens company underneath the uh, spaceship Earth. Right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but <laughs> that's. I mean, that only. I, that isn't even all of it. I mean, there's there's more of a story there, and it's it's very bizarre. Uh, it should be interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, th- that will be a movie that I will go see. Good. Uh, it's still like a year, two years away. I think. I don't know. They keep moving the date, but uh, uh, they are. Did did you did you try out for Star Wars? Yes, because they were looking for. Uh, I believe it was young, uh, athletic, uh, attractive, uh, a male and female, and that is me to a T. <laughs> yes, uh, you look. You are you are Zach Efron. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it, it, you know Star Wars Episode Seven, obviously a big deal. Yeah, uh, so I've heard they put out a worldwide i suppose casting call online at first they were trying to be all secretive about it they were like yeah we're casting for a big movie and one of the characters is thomas and the other is rachel and finally everyone figured it out and they were like okay yeah it's star wars casting call well because they said you know we're casting for this movie we're not going to tell you what it is but the the characters names are darth rachel (laughs) and darth thomas right (laughs) people are like really yeah it's, it's obviously star trek yeah, absolutely. Yes. One of, one of my favorite series of all times. Uh, but yeah, it's out there. You can, I don't know if it's still going on, but you could submit videos online or go to a casting call in person around the country. I mean, it's clear. It's nice to see that they are approaching this with uh, looking for unknowns as opposed to hiring, you know, these nonsense pseudo celebrities. Yes. Uh, I I went and saw uh, Jesus Christ Superstar the other day with Gary Chambers from the Mouse Lounge mm-hmm. as Jesus Christ. And I the, the, the tie-in for this is because you just said hiring unknowns. When you know the person who is playing a part, you can't you, you can't suspend disbelief mm-hmm. entirely. And so when when I look and I see people that I know in movies, I see those people. Right. And we'll talk more about this in a minute. But um, it's, you know, like with with Gary, if they had cast Robin Williams as one of the characters, I couldn't see anybody except Robin Williams. So I'm glad they're going for these these no name people. Darth Genie. Darth Genie. Yes. Uh, yeah, so that's good. Uh, uh, it's still forever away. They haven't even vaguely said anything about Star Wars, so. But interesting to watch it little by little. Darth Mork. (laughs) May the Nanu be with you. Yes. (laughs) So we move into Christmas season now, uh, getting closer and closer to the present. Uh, have you had a chance to experience Disneyland's Christmas festivities? I have. I've, I've actually, I've been doing, um, you know, December is when I do, um, and, and funny enough, and this is in response to some feedback that I heard about your show and how I was teasing you about how you do Halloween for six months right? and that sort of thing. And so I, I, I had some people contact me and they said, you're going to do Halloween. And I said, yes. And they said, are you going to do it just for October? And I said, yes. And I said, and I will just do Christmas for December as well. Yeah, because and, because I, I, don't, I don't know about out there, but Christmas at uh, Disney started one week after Halloween here. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was like August 3rd. And they're like, Merry Christmas. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what? 
but uh, so I've yeah I've gone in and I've done some recording and I actually Calvin and I are going to go as soon as we're done recording this episode um, and we're going to go and record uh, the new Winter Dreams. Yes, um, the World of Color overlay of World of Color, which is that on here? I, I added it while we were talking. Okay, good. Um, but it didn't change on my paper, right. so I uh, yeah. But um, but anyway, we're going to go out and record that uh, because I am I am hitting show four hundred, which is going to have come out already by the time people hear this show. Um, but um, Christmas time is is beautiful at Disneyland, yeah, and I like to be there, and I like to go, and I like to get the hot chocolate. Yeah, I blame yeah. Uh, I blame Halloween for me not having seen Christmas out there in quite a while because I keep making these October trips, and I don't, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to come back two months later, despite what you might think. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and that's it's really a shame because it is very pretty out here. Yeah. And there's there's things like the red car trolley newsboys are doing a Christmas show. No, I didn't even know that. Yes. And uh, and things like that. So have I have seen to... the uh, the Viva Navidad. No, that's a, that's actually show 400. Okay. Uh, so assuming that I actually have made it and like I said, everybody will know by then, right. uh, by the time they hear this, um, I've heard great things about it. Supposed to be world of color and Viva Navidad. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to those. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, and I guess I just, uh, somebody told me that the beginning of the winter dreams show was just updated with the, uh, honor choir that they added even more people into it. Oh, very nice. Yeah, one of my listeners is is one of the honor choir. Yeah, it's a neat idea. Uh, I think the whole show, I haven't seen it in person, but, uh, you know, I had the, the video from its premiere and all of that. And uh, it seems like it's, uh, you know, came together pretty well. A little a little disjointed, a little heavy on the uh, the Frozen tie-in, but overall, you know, pretty good. Yeah, I, I was uh, invited to go out to the media thing. I was not able to because I was seeing another show that night, but I sent, sent Calvin out and he had a fabulous time Yeah, and uh, and really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to seeing it later tonight. M- meanwhile, out here we have, well, nothing new for Christmas. You're getting nothing for Christmas. <laughs> it's, you know, it's the very merry party, which is just another one of those wonderful things that if you've never been there, it's phenomenal. After you've been a few times, you're done. $55 cookie. Yeah, well, and, and the cookie and the watered down hot chocolate are getting worse. So oh, very nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, I tried to ask Disney. What, so not so scary. I didn't mention this earlier. Not so scary this year. For the very first time, they brought out Jack Skellington and Sally to do meet and greets. And uh, hugely popular. Of course. Huge lines all night long, every night. So, Nightmare Before Christmas, right? Keep them around for Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party? No. Of course not. Give them the, the, you know, give Jack Skellington his Santa outfit? No. They did that in Paris. Not here. <laughs> Sucks to be you. We, we just get Duffy the Disney bear. Ah, yes, you can have Duffy. <sighs> Right. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, so we mentioned Winter Dreams, hosted by Olaf. We've mentioned Olaf. Uh, Frozen, the movie. You haven't seen it. I have seen oh. this movie. Wait, wait. Okay, now I'm confused. <laughs> I lied earlier. But you haven't... So you did see Get a Horse? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. <laughs> Thanks. You, you, know, you, you know what the problem was earlier? I didn't remember what it was until you were talking about it. <laughs> Because get a horse, it didn't. Uh, it, it, the title didn't really. It is bizarre. I mean, you don't really the 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 title. They say it at the end of the short, but yeah. other than that, it's it's yeah, it's kind of a bizarre title. 
Yeah, it, it was weird. I saw Frozen purposely in 2D. Really? Yes. And um, and so I saw the film, and I, I could see Get a Horse in 2D. I could see where all of the 3D was and why it would be very, very cool in oh, 3D. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. You know, that, that when you punch a hole in the screen and the, you know, everything behind it is in black and white. Right. Um, that, that's very cool. Uh, Pixar did that with that one. Yeah. The, the black and white night and day, whatever it was. Right. That was very, very cool. Yeah. Um, so nice, nice use of old looking, uh, cartoon real world effects on it. Right. I like it. How they kept going back and forth and becoming 2D and 3D and 2D and 3D. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, when I went to the screening of Frozen, uh, you know, press things are wonderful most of the time. Every once in a while, you run into one where you're just like, I wish I had just paid for a regular screening because it was an unorganized mess. They didn't start on time, but there was one critic in the crowd who absolutely was there just to see the short and then had to leave and had to be on time. So they, with only like 10 people in the theater, turned off the lights, ran the short, forgot to stop it. So they let the first three or four minutes of the movie play, Frozen, then cut the movie, turned on the lights. That guy left. They let everybody else in, started over. Wow. The benefit, I got to see Get a Horse twice. Okay. So that was good. Um, as long as you were one of the people in the theater, right. yes, yes, not so really I, a problem. I, I was. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, meanwhile, like 400 people were standing outside waiting. Yeah, it sucks to be them. Right. Uh, but that aside, uh, what did you think of Frozen? I loved it. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I, I could see where the 3D would, you know, like I said, with Get a Horse. Sure, any, any s- movie you have particles, whether it's underwater or snow or whatever, it is begging for 3D. That's why I saw it in 2D, because <laughs> the snow and things like that, the in-your-face elements irritate me. Mm. And so I purposely saw it in 2D. But I could see, you know, when we go into the into the, uh, the ice castle and there's right. all those, you know, and, and, you know, Maleficent shows up and makes the thorns come out, you <laughs> and know, she and everything. melts everything. Right. Um, it, you know, I could see, I was like, okay, I could see why this is beautiful in 3D. Yeah. Well, it, same sort of thing. Like I saw um, the, the new Hobbit movie uh, the other night. Uh, a couple of nights ago, and I, I saw it in 2D, and I could I could see where the 3D would have been mm-hmm. as watching it, and I was happy to be sparing my eyes. Yeah, it's um, you know, Frozen was a good, solid film. The um, you know, w- where they're doing the you know, you want to build a snowman, mm-hmm. and she says, Elsa, go away, or whatever it is, and she says, Okay, fine. You know, it's like you're crying. Mm-hmm. You're like, Aw, yeah. You know? Yeah, it, it was not a, it's not a perfect movie. There were some scenes where I was just like, and eh, that could have been cut. But uh, the overall picture, the music, the characters, uh, all very good. The plot twist was good. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I got caught by that. I didn't see it coming. I, I did as well. And and the ending is, is surprising as well. Yes. And, uh, you know, just nice, good, solid, good characters. I said I could see that these are going to be in the parks. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be around. Yeah. This is a good movie. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So every year it seems we have one terribly sad thing to talk about. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Um, and, and I got a chance to meet Diane Disney Miller at the Walt Disney Family Museum, uh, which I now treasure even more than I did prior to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but wow. Yeah. I just. To have her, and 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 the way she died was was weird. Yeah, I heard she she fell. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it was, you know, it wasn't that she was old necessarily. It right. wasn't that she had a disease. It was that she, you know, she fell and she ended up not being able to get up. Yeah. Um, but it was several months later after the fall. And that's the interesting part about it is she fell, I think in September hmm. and then she died of complications of that. Wow just recently. Yeah, it's it's terrible. I mean, it's it's obviously uh, uh terrible that she passed away, but to think about the greater picture, terrible that, you know, the the direct descendant of Walt Disney who has done so much uh with the museum and everything to, to bring you know, live bring on his his legacy, continue it on and everything. It's it's just awful all around. The good part about it though is they were able to complete the museum and right. she was able to see the first couple of years of it. It's very reminiscent of Walt. Yeah. Because he was able to complete Disneyland and see it for 10 or 11 years before he died and she was able to create so- something that was very dear to her. Yeah. Uh was to to present her father in the correct light. Right. And 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 then, and then Roy as well with Walt Disney World. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, makes me glad I'm I'm not in this family trying to promote something. <laughs> right. Um, but um but yeah, I mean, I I bumped into her when she was uh on the porch of the Walt Disney Family Museum and we just sat and talked for a couple of minutes and it just just a nice lady. Mm-hmm. And when you think that that, you know, she was one, you know, from that really famous recording of Walt where he says, you know, a daddy sitting on the por- on a bench mm-hmm. watching his two daughters have fun. She was one of those two daughters. Right. You know, so now he's up in heaven because he's now sitting on a bench in heaven and the girls are playing and he's coming up with Disneyland heaven. <laughs> like, you know what? I can't wait to get there. <laughs> well, don't. Yeah, don't. <laughs> let's not go there. Right. We haven't lost very many Disney podcasters, no. uh, so we should... Someday. Yes. Yes. I, I can wait to get there. Yeah, true. Yes, absolutely. So, uh... <laughs> Hey, why don't you why don't you brag about Inside the Magic for a little bit? I was going to say while we're on the subject of Disney Legacy, let's skip ahead a couple here first <laughs> uh, because there is a tremendous project that started just very recently on Walt Disney's 112th birthday uh, in Chicago, where he was born. There's a uh, house that uh, his father Elias Disney built. And uh, that's where where Walt and Roy were born, lived there for a few years, left uh, in 1906. And that house has gone through a number of owners over the year, never been a historical landmark or anything, gotten all kinds of changes made to it. And now uh, it has been purchased by some Disney fans, some Disney theme park or rather just theme park attraction designers. uh, And and they are over the next course of the year uh, uh, want to raise some money and restore this to the way it should be. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's my good friends from the season pass podcast who, uh, one of their members, (laughs) God, I'd love to have money, um, bought the house. Yeah. And they're, they're in the process of, uh, of doing the Kickstarter campaign to try and raise the funds to give this the honor that it deserves. And then, and that is uh, absolutely fabulous. I was excited. Yeah. I've talked to, you know, Brent and Dina all about it and, and their plans for it, uh, you know, in the near future and down the line are tremendous. They are, they are wonderful attraction designers. So you can imagine, uh, even though they're 
trying to keep it real simple right now and keeping it, you know, they just wanted to be a residence, be just like it was a historical landmark uh, down the line. It could be even something more depending on how all of this goes. But for now, it's just a focus on making this happen. Uh, I'm checking the Kickstarter right now. They're up to forty four thousand dollars, which is great. But they're trying to get to half a million, which is still a long way away. Uh, So um, certainly, uh, uh, you know, everybody out there, if you haven't already at least checked out the project, search for, you know, Walt Disney uh, Birthplace Preservation Project is uh, what it's called. Find it online. Find the Kickstarter. uh, Listen to a recent podcast of mine talking to uh, to Brent and Dina and, uh, you know, contribute a dollar, even if that's all you have. And, uh, you know, I, I really, really hope it all happens for them. Absolutely. Yeah. This is one of those projects, uh, like we were just talking about with Diane yeah. and the Walt Disney Family Museum. This is this is really a cool thing and uh, and should be supported. Definitely. Um, so now going back to the shameless self-promotion. <laughs> uh, every once in a while, I reach a, a milestone that's worth mentioning. And uh, I actually hit two of them recently that I thought, uh, you know, it's and it's because, you know, we we're talking about earlier, the, the listeners, the, the fans out there have been tuning in for so very long. And it's because of all of you that have managed to get up to uh, 100,000 likes on Facebook, which is a number that I never thought I would hit. Uh, it happened rather quickly over the last few months for some reason, kind of snowballed. Uh, and then also a hundred million video views on YouTube, which again, the fact that I've created videos that a hundred million people have seen, that's kind of insane. And the fact that you get a dollar per view. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I wish. Yeah. To listen to him laugh, folks. Cause wow. Yeah. That would be, that would be that, great. That is the first really funny thing you've said this entire time. <laughs> thank, thank you. Yeah. You know, I, I always use. Um, inside the magic kind of as, as, as my benchmark, you know, and I always say that as long as I have half the listeners that you have and half the likes on Facebook and half the views on YouTube, that I'm happy. And I'm, I'm glad to say that I'm almost up to 3000 likes on Facebook. That's half. That's half ish. And, and I think I have a hundred views on YouTube and a well, you know, hundred is in the, your views. Right. Because uh, you get rid of the million part and the, there it is. That's half the, half the phrase. That's the half. So <laughs> I am, I am at, I am at half. Yeah. We're good. I, I am. So I, I am honestly, I'm proud of you for this because this, this, it's quite, quite an achievement. Um, I know that there are millions and millions and millions of shows downloaded, audio shows. I don't know if you know that number. I, I or, don't. I, I, yeah, it is millions. Yeah, it is definitely millions. Well, because mine is millions. Yeah. So, yeah, yours is definitely got to be millions. But, uh, but yeah, this is awesome. This is I, every time I, I look at one of your views, I, I, I hate you just a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, two more topics here before we can uh, finally call uh, 2013 in the can. Uh, one of them, I, I felt like it was just necessary to mention here because sometimes there are these theme park topics that just won't go away as m- terrible as they are. And uh, SeaWorld is having some tremendous PR issues. Yeah, it doesn't have something to do with a, some sort of blackfish. That's the name of the documentary that CNN acquired and decided to beat to death on the air for a day or two. Just ran it and ran it and ran it in interviews and ran it. And because of that, of course, people are like, oh, this is a documentary. It's on CNN. It must be 100% true and there's no other side to the story. 
Fair enough. What's and, it about? Uh, it, it's about uh, the negative aspects of acquiring and uh, housing uh, uh, animals for use in performances at SeaWorld. Oh. And specifically the killer whales, the orcas. And uh, it has, shows a lot of really terrible imagery of, uh, you know, of, I mean, I don't even want to get into it too much other than to say it's some nasty stuff. But... SeaWorld on a daily basis does a tremendous amount of conservation work. Uh, I get literally I get a press release almost every single day from them about they've rescued this animal. They've taken this animal in for for healing this and that put it back in the wild, etc. Um, obviously, these things have been going on for years. Disney has animals in captivity at Animal Kingdom. There's zoos everywhere. The fact that everybody is suddenly ganging up and coming down on SeaWorld for this one particular topic is solely a result of this uh, documentary that has been just run over and over and over and it's the hot topic right now and as a result SeaWorld is just taking the nasty brunt of it yeah see i can't I, i'm fearing when six foot mouse comes out <laughs> right i i mean it really is you know it's it's just one of those things you can't argue i mean the stuff i can't say the documentary is totally false unfortunately but there are there is another side to the story it's it's a very um pointed you know it had an agenda and it served it and it gets its message across but it's not the whole story any side uh, uh, any topic has two sides right at and, least and and, and has it, how it affects me because i like sea world i like their attractions i i like uh, their christmas time is phenomenal and now when i try to go there and i post something about it i just get inundated with people saying how dare you they're worthless they're despicable here's links to really graphic animal cruelty thing and i'm just uh it's like come on right yeah see the you know that's the thing i mean everything that you do in life i mean you know look at how a hamburger is made right you know everything has its its seedy underbelly right there there you know not everything can be perfectly happy and clean and and this is one of those situations. And don't send me an email over this, please. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Don't. Yeah, I, I know. I already know what you're going to say. I get it. Yeah, a, you got to set up a specific email account. Not going to read it at InsideTheMagic.net. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so finally, a movie you have seen, and uh, that we mentioned earlier. What movie is this? Saving Mr. Banks. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Uh, I okay. have now seen it twice. Really? I saw it at the press screening, and then again, to go back, you said you went to the Disney Parks blog meetup. I went to the, the our version of it here uh, just last night, uh, which was great. You got a lot of great perks out there. I was worried that Walt Disney World would not give us uh, anything special, and it would just be the movie, uh, but they sort of put on a little mock Mary Poppins movie premiere sort of character meet and greet in front of the Chinese theater, which was wonderful. Oh, that's very cool. Rolled out the red carpet, and Bert, and Mary Poppins, and penguins, and chimney sweeps, and all that. It was cool. Yeah, we they, yeah we had all of those too. It was inside one of the um, one of the conference rooms at mm -hmm. the Grand Californian. So because we don't have the great set pieces you have out there. But well, yeah, I mean, doing that in front of the big Chinese theater at uh, Hollywood Studios was great. And right. <laughs> the the worst part about it is after I, I have not spent that much time in the courtyard in front of that Chinese theater in a long time. I mean, I was probably there for an hour, mm -hmm. and so, and it was great ambiance. Very, everybody was happy and lively. So then you turn around to leave the park. This was at like almost one in the morning. The park was closed. And um, I, was, I mean, I was one of the last people out of the park. They were 
kicking us out basically right and so as we're slowly walking around i turn around to look expecting to take one final hey that's cool it's the chinese theater look and no i have this big hat and the (laughs) hat is blocked by an even uglier big stage set up in front of the hat Uh, yeah i'm like oh you know yeah yeah it's the cd underbelly (laughs) right but back to the movie uh what'd you think of saving mr banks it was Absolutely awesome. I loved I, it. I went in, I knew, and this is this is a big one, and this is not a spoiler at this point based right. on when this will go out. It's not a movie about Walt Disney. Right. It's not a movie about the, it's not even really a movie about the Walt Disney studio. Yeah. It's about P.L. Travers. Absolutely. She or, is. The, I'm sorry, Mrs. Travers. <laughs> uh, Pamela is the, uh, the definitely the star of this movie. Uh, Walt Disney, Tom Hanks, is a supporting character. Yeah, and and if he wins an Oscar, it'll be for supporting role. Yeah, it's and it's you really you do have to approach it. It's not a movie for about Disney. It's not. I mean, it's definitely for Disney fans certainly, um, but it is not just that by any means. No, but it was fabulous, and and the way that they went back and forth between current day and the past. Yeah, and how they just kind of wove everything together, and the, they warned us ahead of time. Um, you know, bring Kleenex. Yeah. And they're they're right, they're right. It's I, a tearjerker. I have teared up both times I've seen it. I had people around me last night that were bawling by the end of it. Yeah, we were supposed to go see it. Calvin and I were supposed to go see it last night uh, because it came out um, here yesterday, and um, and I didn't go see it last night with him. He hasn't seen it yet because I went and saw it on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. When he and I go back and see it again, we're bringing Kleenex because yeah. I'm not going to make it through it. And and I had just watched uh, Mary Poppins a couple of nights ago on the you know the new Blu-ray that just came out, and seeing that right before seeing Saving Mr. Banks actually made it even better for me because it was fresh in my mind. I caught so many more references to Mary Poppins throughout, uh, especially as you said in those sort of uh, uh, previous time period, the scene set in Australia. Mm-hmm. There's so many things in there that I just totally missed the first time. Yeah. Okay. I uh, I want to pick up uh, Mary Poppins on Blu-ray. Yeah, and, and there's uh, a great little bonus. There's only really two new bonus features. One of them's a silly little karaoke thing, uh, but the other is it's with not karaoke. It's karaoke. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but the other one is with Jason Schwartzman and Richard Sherman talking about their experiences of making Saving Mr. Banks, and there is one shot in this little featurette where. Um, yeah, you know, I shouldn't even say I don't want to give anything away, but there's a shot that you see Richard Sherman on set at Saving Mr. Banks, and it's it's just a nice moment. Okay, I'll just leave it at that. I look forward to seeing that. Yeah, uh, but the movie, yeah, the movie's great. It, I mean, the Disneyland parts are are great. You can look past the you know anachronisms between when they were there years ago, supposedly, and then you know today's Disneyland where they shot. Uh, I had so much fun with that. But that, that, that little three minutes or whatever it was that yeah. they were actually in the park, I, I was like, they they come through the gates and I'm like, those gates weren't there. <laughs> I, they, they get out and you look and the people are walking into the park past the terminals. And, the, you know, they're checking their annual passes right. as they're walking in. I'm like, wrong. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and uh, what great moments with Mr. Lincoln is off in the background. Yeah. And, and then obviously they get into Fantasyland and it didn't look anything like that. And Right. And I was like, this is 
awesome. I love this. Yeah. But I, again, I went in knowing that. Right. It's fine. You, you can't. And it's not. Even, I mean, even the whole movie is not historically accurate. It is a right. Hollywood dramatization based on history. Right. Like, you know, the perfect example is that Tom Hanks was not actually Walt Disney. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Come to find out. Huh. Yeah. I, I had, had no to idea. do some digging. But uh, but I did find that out. No, but Tom Hanks was great as Walt Disney. The spirit of Walt Disney was there at the at the uh, well, about three quarters of the way through um, the movie, where he and and uh, Pamela are talking, and he starts to talk. Uh, you know, and, and basically the turning point in the film. Yeah, he was channeling Walt. Yeah, I was like, wow. Yeah, that is and a and great there are, scene. there are moments where you know he's maybe in the background or out of focus or just moving through a scene or whatever. And you, you sort of out of the corner of your eye, you catch those, those Walt Disney moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he was talking about how, you know, they were, they were trying to get the smoking in, right. You know, but, but not too much. And how, if they, um, if, if they light a cigarette, it instantly gets an R rating. Mm-hmm. And so it, instead they had him put a out. cigarette out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's it, very nice. And, it's and even sticky. saying, I don't want to encourage bad habits. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a terrible habit. I don't want to get into Yeah. 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 Very nice. But yeah, no, the movie is great. I just, you know, I, I, for some reason I click on reviews of things sometimes and it's always mm-hmm. a bad idea mm-hmm. because I read it was, I don't even know what site it was. I don't even want to give them any publicity because they just bashed the movie. They said all of the scenes of PL Travers childhood were completely frivolous and served no purpose. Wow. It was just like, that's half the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they serve an incredible purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. Great, 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 great movie. Yep. yep. I, I look forward. I mean, I've seen it twice now. I loved it more the second time. I want to see it again. It's, yeah. it's wonderful. I don't know that I will buy it, but, uh, you know, because I'm not exact, you know, I, I don't do movies. Perhaps you've I, heard. I bet the extras will be phenomenal. I'm sure. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. But uh, but it's definitely one that I'm looking forward to taking Calvin to see. Yep. So uh, here we are, uh, end of 2013. Let's blast through real quick what is coming up uh, we can look forward to in the near and distant future. These look like they're all happening at your end of the world Not, well almost all of them there's is one thing maybe uh on your end uh of course we got the seven dwarves mine train opening in a few months out here along yeah. with the festival of fantasy parade at the magic kingdom we're finally getting a new daytime parade after 10 plus years have you been in seven dwarves mine train at all i Any- stepped about two feet past the construction wall and that's it yeah okay. so no i haven't really seen much of any they're keeping it pretty secretive Good. We'll talk soon. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, over in Paris, they're working on a Ratatouille ride. Wow. Don't know That'd when that's fun. opening. Yeah, different. Uh, and I think they're going to use a trackless system there, like Mystic Manor. Ooh, that could be fun. Uh, here's one that does apply to you. Of course, we talked about Hogwarts Express, a Harry Potter expansion out here, but they are building it on your coast as well. And it's, who is this Universal Potter? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Harry Potter coming out here. Uh, my understanding is uh, from people that have been in Universal Studios just recently is that they have uh, knocked some stuff down. They've yeah. got some stuff going on. Big so dirt it, lot. It, yeah, it's on its way. So apparently they're going to take half of uh, of the entire theme park out. They've torn down the the um, 
the Gibson Amphitheater yep. and all kinds of things. Yeah, so. it's a pretty major project. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I um, you know, I'm I'm sure that it's going to be cooler in Florida, but hey, that gives me a reason to go. Indeed. Uh, also out here at Universal, they just announced a bunch of new restaurants for CityWalk. They're working on a new hotel. Uh, of course, as soon as I heard all the CityWalk restaurants, my immediate thought was that's a response to Disney making over downtown Disney into Disney Springs. Mm-hmm. Which Absolutely. I, which is another ongoing project, currently a giant parking issue as they close off a huge area of the parking lot to build a garage. But once that's done, it'll be wonderful. Yeah, it's a, it's a limited time tragic for long time magic. Uh, last time around when we were doing the coming up, we thought maybe possibly Cars Land for Hollywood Studios, but since then, no. Yeah, is that not? No. It's no? dead. Really? It's not happening. It was a vague concept, but it's not happening. Good. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars, on the other hand, is very much up in the air at this point. Please put that out there. You don't want it to take over Tomorrowland? It's not that I don't want it to take over Tomorrowland. It's just that I know that you guys have the property out there on yeah. the left side of Hollywood Studios to put that in there. And do it right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I know. I, and Hollywood Studios really needs that boost. Not Cars Land, but that'll be our Cars Land, basically. Exactly. Yes. Make it make it the quality of Cars Land and just make it Star Wars. Yep. And just, yeah, I mean, because that would be beautiful out there. Indeed. Uh, and then, of course, we mentioned Magic Bands and My Magic Plus and all of that should be getting its full rollout in the near future. Yes. Uh, not out there yet. Nope. Nope. <laughs> and, and I don't think they're going to put it out here, do you? Depends on the success out here. Really? I, 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 they, I they said it was, uh, Tom Staggs was at a technology conference a few months ago, and that question was asked, is it going to be just Florida or everywhere else? And his response, uh, surprisingly, um on you know on the money was they are using florida as essentially the guinea pig for it and then he said a version of it will likely go elsewhere should it work out didn't yeah. say necessarily a clone of it but you know basically pulling out the best parts and getting rid of the rest yeah i don't see it happening i just don't you'll yeah, we'll see yeah uh, well, well, coming up on a future here in review <laughs> right like three years from now that's fine um, so let's see. We talked about uh, a plane sequel is coming up. Much to the chagrin of the people who are listening to this show, Paul and Ricky will be returning <laughs> for more Aaron reviews. I thought Jeremiah was replacing you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know it, it, that I was just saying, have him on. I was right. talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, planes, uh, Tomorrowland uh, is coming as well. Eventually, we got more Marvel on the way in the world of uh, all of that. Captain America, Avengers, etc. Finding Dory's dinosaur, <laughs> right? Uh, the, the movies we already talked about. Uh, oh, Pirates Five, that's happening. Muppets Inside Out, yeah, something like that. I uh, saw the preview for that the other day. Hmm. I, I I don't know about that one. No, I, we we did, I just did you see it before Saving Mr. Banks? Yes. Yeah, they showed us that same thing last night. It's it's different, that's for sure. Yeah, I was like, hmm, I. Mm, but I mean, okay. the the biggest complaint out of the previous uh, most recent Muppets was that it's like the same Muppets movie they've made six times already. You know, save the theater. Right. So at least this is something. You know, it's an international caper. Yes. So. Yes. We'll see. Uh, what else? Uh, Disney acquired uh, the rights to Artemis Fowl. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, I didn't either at the time, but apparently it's a popular book series, so that's coming eventually. Okay. Uh, live action Cinderella. Live action Cinderella? Really? Movie. Yeah. Huh. 
Starring mm-hmm. Lily James, I think her name is. Uh, the girl from uh, Downton Abbey. Okay, somebody I don't know. Right, I didn't either. Uh, Star Wars we mentioned, and then finally, the most recent news, uh, uh, something called Descendants, which will be debuting in 2015 on the Disney Channel, featuring uh, the children of Disney villains. I heard about this last night. Yeah, it, well, it just, the news was like yesterday. Yeah. yeah, and and Calvin was telling me about it, and I was he he said, oh, there's this thing, and it's a you know blah blah blah, and and I said, what are you talking about? And he <laughs> said, it's called Descendants. Yeah, and I went, ooh, because once I heard the word Descendants, I thought Disney villains and Descendants. This has got possibilities, except that it's a Disney Channel movie f- with the. Uh director of high school musical attached which is fine it'll just have basketballs <laughs> right you know yeah they're casting for it now apparently and we'll girls see. of questionable morals and right. things like that I mean, yeah well, that, that screams disney yes absolutely they'll be uh you know swinging on a wrecking ball soon yeah <laughs> yeah her too so um, that's it right i think so good thing we split it up I think so. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was talking with Matt Cox from the Brunch with the Brits podcast uh, the other day, uh, yesterday at, at my weekly Trader Sam's meetup, and he was saying that they do a year in review show on his podcast, and that they were going to that they were shooting for four hours and eleven minutes. And I told him, I said, "Well, I said Ricky and I will have to do four hours and twelve minutes then." And he said, well, you've already done 257, so you only have to do a little bit. <laughs> and we've come up almost on four hours here just on this show. Yeah. So hopefully the technology worked and we recorded our voices and we can <laughs> oh, share wait. it with everyone. Is that what that red button that I was supposed to press is? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. There's just so many things. I hope you guys have heard this show. And if you have heard it, that you have enjoyed it. Yep. So let's uh, go ahead and do your uh, uh, biannual now plug. Yes, and absolutely. You can find me online if you enjoy the uh, dry humor uh, at uh, windowtothemagic.com. You can contact me at paul at windowtothemagic.com if you want to complain. And uh, yeah, we go into Disneyland and uh, and Walt Disney World uh, every other week. And, uh, and we do, uh, audio adventures in binaural audio. You put the headphones on and you will be there. Uh, so it's, it's fun. We're in our ninth season coming up on, uh, on season 10 here fairly quickly. I know you're a couple of months ahead of me. Um, uh, so you get to the glory and then I come through at the, at the end and, uh, do it learning from your mistakes. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it's been that long, but you're right. It's uh, coming up in just a few months. It'll be nine years i guess uh, season completed. 10 yeah, yeah. of uh, of inside the magic uh, it has gone through many variations over the years kind of uh working on bringing it back to its roots at this point um you know just audio only uh weekly fun exciting uh disney and and otherwise and interviews and all that good stuff uh inside the magic.net of course is the website that uh, supports it all in addition to the podcast is uh lots of videos and photo galleries and articles and breaking news and everything that consumes my life 
Yeah, if there's anything <laughs> going on with Disney or theme park news, uh, y- y- you know, you will know about it through Inside the Magic. It's true. I, I am glued to Twitter and the news feeds, and it doesn't matter if it's five in the morning. It seems like I'm always there. So, uh, yeah, that that's about it. Uh, half ear, I guess the, the whole ear in review is now complete for 2013, and I'm uh, looking forward to another round next year. Yes, based on your comments and uh, and uh, complaints, uh, will will dictate whether or not we do this again. Uh, it's something that we uh, we enjoyed doing, and we hope that you enjoy it too. So let us know. Send us emails, voicemails, uh, a- anything. Send we we're we're so lonely. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll I'll leave you to uh, now. Head out to the parks. Yes, absolutely. Going to go grab some dinner and go and see World of Color awesome. Winter Dreams. Thanks, Ricky. It's uh, it's always great doing these with you, sir. It Indeed it is, and I will uh, talk to you soon. All righty. Some days you eat the bear, and some days the bear eats you. But always dress for the hunt! Surround yourself with the magic.